And we are live. How's everybody doing tonight? My name is Anthony Brian Logan, and you're watching and or listening to ABL Live. Thank y'all for joining me tonight. You could be almost anywhere in the world, but you're right here with me live on the show. And I appreciate y'all for that. We got a whole lot going on all over the internets, all over mainstream media, social media, everywhere. And I don't know where to start. First of all, did you guys see the summit put on by Blaze Media? Hosted by Tucker Carlson. It was a very interesting show. No Trump in the building, but it was still interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. Also, an eight-year-old boy went on a high-speed chase after carjacking someone at gunpoint in Alabama. We'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. Also, the White House cocaine. We don't know who it belonged to. We did an investigation. We looked into ourselves and we discovered that we didn't do anything wrong. We'll talk about that in a minute. Also, we got to speak a little bit more about this guy, Ray Epps, suing uh, Tucker Carlson, speaking about him and also Fox News for saying that he was a fed. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Also, a crazy story that has happened before. Maybe you don't hear about it too much. A woman trying to rescue a toddler on the interstate out there again in Alabama who wound up missing afterward and then there was no report of a child that was missing at all was this child used as bait to get her in a vulnerable spot at night to where she was abducted we'll talk about all those things and more on tonight's episode of ABL live thank y'all again for being here you guys are the best audience anywhere on these internets if you like what you're hearing so far, if you enjoy the content in general, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, do all of that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. Uh, this is also a podcast you're listening to right now. You can check it out on your favorite audio streaming platforms the morning after. So it'll be 8 a.m. Eastern Sunday. You'll be able to hear this podcast right now without video for free, no commercials, Go to your favorite audio streaming platform, whether that be Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, etc. Link for that will be in the description or just visit your favorite audio streaming platform and search ABL Live. I should pop right on up. Shout out to the sponsors. Y'all know how I do. Shout out to PatriotPost.us, your best source of news and information. I have yet another op-ed, I guess you would say, coming up on PatriotPost.us next week. You know, I've been doing those for a while. I fell off the horse, but I'm back doing my op-eds over on Patriot Post. And there's a whole lot more beyond my written op-eds on the site. They got everything that you need, all your best news information, whatever, right there on the website, PatriotPost.us. Also, my website's ablmerch.com. Y'all already know what it is. A-B-L-M-E-R-C-H.com. We got hats, t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, mugs, and more right there on the website, ablmerch.com. Also, anthonyblogan.com. Go to the front page of the website. You can find articles for each video that I produce. And there's always sources, left, right, independent, uh, local, national, whatever you want. I always cite my sources at the end of each article. I also place videos that I can't post necessarily right here on the YouTube, whether they be just too long or... Uh, Got to be censored, whatever the case may be. Prime example, the um, the summit put on by Blaze Media, I posted the entire eight-hour-plus event right there on 
the website through a YouTube link. Again, anthonyblogan.com. Go to the contact page, anthonyblogan.com forward slash contact. You can find my email address, my email address, my social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All that good stuff is right there on anthonyblogan.com forward slash contact. And I always say each and every show because y'all still send me emails talking about, hey, I thought I was talking to you for six months through a YouTube comment on WhatsApp. And then you told me to send you $500 in Bitcoin to some random address. I will never do that to you. I'm never going to be in the YouTube comments talking about hit me up on WhatsApp. I'm never going to do that. The only way you will contact me is through the means that are available on my website. That's it. That's all. The only phone number that you will ever get is the one that's right there. You might have missed it, but it's 434-658-1220. And that number only works during the show when I take calls. It doesn't even work right now as I'm speaking, doing my introduction. So I don't want to have anybody email me talking about they got scammed. Anybody got time for that? The Nigerian dude laying on his bed in Lagos, eating jollof rice and fufu, scamming you. Or the 1,000... 500-pound Lithuanian person laying on the ground, eating borched and all that good stuff, trying to scam you. That's not me. I'm over here in Tennessee, minding my business, putting out the good content for you guys. I'm not trying to scam you, so don't nobody get scammed. 2023, 2024, anybody got no time for that? We got crazy inflation. You need all your coins in your pocket. So, again, all my contact information is right there on the website, anthonyblogan.com forward slash contact. I'm very, very easy to find. Alrighty. So we got quite a few things going on and shout out to you guys for being here. Couldn't do it without you. Shout out to you guys from all over the country. I see you guys shouting out where you are, whether you are in the U S or abroad. I thank you for being here. We got quite a few things to talk about. Oh, we got to talk about the, the Blaze Summit. That was a pretty big thing. That that was most certainly uh, pretty big. But we have a lot going on. A lot of these climate activists acting the fool. I mean, what is really going on? <laughs> like, climate activists. I understand that you really, really, um, you, you really, really want to um, help your cause, I suppose. You really want to help your cause. But at a certain point, you're not you're not helping. You're just you're just looking silly. All right, you, you're looking silly out here, and it's ridiculous. Um, one thing that they're doing when I say they, I mean the climate activists. One thing that they're doing, they're gluing themselves to concrete, literally, like they're bonding their hands to the concrete. Now, my question is, what is the intended result of that? You want to stop traffic permanently? Okay, well, if the traffic stops permanently and no cars are going, like that's somehow the biggest source of carbon emission, right? Like we don't have all these factories over in China and India making your iPhones and your fancy clothes and your shoes, pumping up the carbon in the atmosphere and polluting all the rivers, right? We're not worried about that. We're worried about cars and whatnot in in, in, in Germany, UK and USA, if you glue yourself to the ground, what is going to happen after? Like, let's say you stop the traffic. Okay, but you still got to, you're still on the ground. I mean, you're still a human being. You still got to eat food. You still got to, you know, go to the bathroom. You still got to be able to 
you know, dude, you can't just sit on the ground for the rest of your life. So what is going to happen after you glue yourself to the ground? What's going to, what, what is your life going to be like now? In case you were wondering what happens. All right, let's, let's check it out. My man over in Germany, we got some Germans doing this. All right. We have some Germans doing this. Now, check it out. This is a tweet from Reuters, and the caption says, an activist glued his hand to a street in Munich to protest against the German government's climate change policies. Look at this right here. Do you see this freeze frame? This, this is real. This is not a parody. This is on Reuters. This is a real video. My man has his hand like he's about to serve some beer and Applebee's, Chili's, Cheddar's, some family restaurant, right? He has his hand at an angle, and he has a, a hunk of asphalt, a hunk of the ground in like attached to his hand. It's like, sir, you're gonna have to amputate that. How are you gonna get that off of your hand? I mean, they you're, you're able to kind of be free from the ground, but now you got a permanent cement pizza, a permanent cement server tray, a, a, a permanent leaflet, a permanent binder, a permanent book bag attached to the palm of your hand. That's crazy. Let's check it out. Let's get a little bit of sound, actually. And I have another video where it's even better. Let's check it out. And this guy is kind of old. Like, this, this, not, this is not a young person. This guy might be, like, right around my age. It's like, my, my man, why? <laughs> why? Why would you do this? Yo, I know this got to hurt. I mean, he, his, his hand is trembling. Look, look at his fingers. Yo, you're going to have to have that hand amputated. He's waving at people. Like, <laughs> what? why? Can we, can we interview this guy? Can we interview him like Joe Rogan after you get beat down, right? You're about to be bleeding from your head and everything. So how did it feel to get punched in the face by Mike Tyson at age 19 in 1987? How did that feel when all your teeth fell out of your head? It'd be the same thing with this guy. How does it feel to have a hunk of the ground affixed to your hand that cannot come off anytime soon? What kind of compound can they pour on that to get it free? I don't think he can. Okay, they're not going to have actual sound sound. It's just like music. No, they, they, I, I do hear some sound. Drilling. So Climate Initiative Last Generation says activists carried out protest actions in 26 cities. Now, look, is this what I'm talking about? How easy is it to convince grown people, not even kids? I'm talking about people in their 30s, guys that got kids and everything else. How, how easy is it to convince these people to glue themselves to the ground? This is that Jim Jones, drink the Kool-Aid type situation. People are at a certain point like sheep. And it's unfortunate. You guys are not like sheep. You guys are very smart. And we need to wake the other sheep up. Wake the lemmings up before they hop off the edge of the cliff. A man right here is getting drug up. <laughs> so in Koblenz, a motorist took matters into his own hands. 
My man is dragging the guy off the ground. Now, luckily, the guy he's dragging is not affixed to the floor. Okay, luckily, that's not the case. And he's just able to get, you know, the little the little, little drag action from the ground into the sidewalk. That's good. So, okay, in Berlin, activists wore masks to look like government figures. That's screeching. That's not like a rooster in the morning. <laughs> That's not like, hey, if, if you every if you ever had like a rooster outside of your house and you wake up in the morning, that is the exact sound that they make. But that was a human being making that noise. That's crazy. <laughs> so the federal cabinet recently approved changes on how it will do the math around sector CO2 emission limits. Um, I don't speak German. We're broken Dutch gets. I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know what that means. You guys that speak German, y'all let me know. Critics say it takes pressure off the lagging transport sector. I mean, sitting on the ground wearing a mask to look like a government figure, what is everybody going to do other than just annoy people and really just get in the way? Okay, so my man right here has the asphalt glued to his hand. This guy's got to be about 35 years old, looking like he's an investment banker or something like that. Okay, but I have another video. I have, yeah, l literally, re exactly, exactly. Okay, the, the rooster screech is crazy. But I have another video. My man right here is literally getting hammered out of the ground. And listen to what he's saying. Oh, shisha, hot. like 999. Check it out. Hold on. Let's go ahead and get that rocking. So if you can't see what's going on, the caption says a German climate activist screams in pain as workers try to remove his hand glued to the road. <laughs> <laughs> my man taking your your kango head off is not going to make the situation any better why are you acting like they're doing something wrong you didn't want to glue yourself to the ground nobody put you at gunpoint and made you affix your hand to the ground okay to the asphalt nobody made you you did that on your own so why are you over here screaming and carrying on like, what is really happening? <laughs> oh, ha, ha. That's hilarious. Is that, is that how we screaming in Germany? Is that, is that how the, the Germans sound when they getting beat up? Like, <laughs> uh, imagine that in the boxer ring. That's crazy. I'm not trying to hear those sounds. I'm going to go ahead and just forfeit the match. If I'm hearing that on the opposite side. You punching them in the head in the, in the sparring match. Oh, ha! Anybody, anybody trying to hear that, man? So, yeah, that's what's going on right now in Germany. So, shout out to all the Germans that don't believe in that nonsense, who are not woke like that. Okay, shout, shout out to my man that, that was dragging the, the young person or the 28-year-old. Shout out to that guy for dragging that guy off the road and allowing the traffic to continue. All right? 
Oh, is that what that means? Is that a curse word? Oh, so no, no curse. I got to put some money in the curse jar. I didn't know what that word meant. So yeah, the climate activists, I don't even understand what they're doing. It's, it's so silly because what are you really going to do about the sun? <laughs> the, the, you can't control the sun. The sun can just change and then the whole world changes and you can't do anything about it. And in the 1970s, they said it was global cooling and they were trying to nuke the polar ice caps to loosen up glaciers. And they, they were trying to do that in the 70s. Then it became global warming. And then you had periods of extreme cold, snow, all of that. Like, here's an example. Being from Virginia, Virginia Beach area, when I was a kid, 80s, 90s, it would never, ever snow. Never snow. It, it'd be a rare snow. And if it did snow, it'd be like a little light flurry. It, it'd rarely ever snow. Once we got into, like, the 2010s, it started to snow all the time. And then it got to the point where it'd be deep snow. You get snowed in to your house. It's like, what's going on with this? So is that global warming, global cooling? What they're going to say is when there's an adverse weather event, which is always going to be adverse weather events, the weather won't be the exact same every single year. You have generalities, you have seasons, you have uh, cold, hot, rainy, dry. You have that generally, but there may be some extremes here and there. So whenever an extreme weather event happens, they say, oh, it's climate change. We can't say it's global warming or global cooling. We're just saying that whenever the weather gets a little bit weird or different or slightly abnormal, it's because the climate is changing. It's because we got cows farting and because we got vehicles on the road emitting carbon in the USA and Western Europe. But we're not worried about China. We're not worried about India. We're not worried about Southeast Asia where all the carbon emission coming from we're not worried about those factories over there we got pumping out clothes and shoes and cars and cell phones we're not worried about that we're not worried about foxconn with the suicide nets outside the window so your iphone could get made for next to no money we're not worried about that we're worried about cars farting cows farting in the usa and speaking about climate change john Kerry is like al gore and greta thunberg and john Kerry did not like some questioning about his private jet Oh, he didn't like that because check it out. If you are a climate activist, as John Kerry could be considered, or you are a climate change expert or spokesperson, how are you going to be that? And then at the same time, be flying around in the world on a private jet. Like the lady from last week I showed you. Remember the lady that flew private to a climate conference got in the vehicle, like in the, in the, in the convoy, like two or three limos, got out of the limo and then rode a bike a very short way from point A to point B for the cameras, for the media, to wave at the media. Hey, look, I'm, I'm zero carbon. I'm riding a bicycle. Yeah, but you got on a private jet to get there. <laughs> you got on a private jet to get there, and you were riding in the big gas-guzzling armored limo to get from the jet where it landed to right here. Then you got out of the limo and rode a bike a very short distance, like a few feet, the dumbest thing in the world. But John Kerry didn't like that too much. All right. He, he, he did not like that. Let me see if I can find a particular clip. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. All right. Let's check it out. 
Now, here's something that I favorite it. It's a short clip. Now, the caption says, John Kerry is speaking. John Kerry, I've personally never owned a private jet. But check it out. The Kerry family owned a Gulfstream, a Gulfstream GIVSP. So he says, well, I never owned it, but my family did. And I will ride in it maybe once or twice. I don't know. That's very disingenuous. Very, very disingenuous. If they ask me, hey, have you ever owned a private jet ABL? Nah, man, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, my family owned it. It's like Rick James. Where they ask, did you grind your feet into, uh, 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 what's, what's my name, um, Eddie Murphy's couch? It's like, nah, I never did that. Why would I do that? Yeah, I did it. That's John Kerry right here. Let's check it out. I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. Why is that stupid? I mean, if you're talking about climate change, if you bout it, then be bout it. See, that right there lets me know that he's not really serious. If you're really about this whole climate change thing and you're trying to reduce carbon and you're trying to make laws that I have to follow that say I got to have, um, you know, a, a electric vehicle, all kind of dumb stuff. You know, you know, the funny part about electric vehicles, as I've said before, they're trying to reduce um, the carbon footprint by having electric vehicles. And then they say to West Virginia people like myself, many others, they'll say to us, when they close the coal mines, learn the code, right? The funny part is when they have electric vehicles, that's going to increase demand for coal because electricity comes from the grid and the grid is powered by coal, <laughs> largely. Yeah, it ain't powered by fairy dust. So if you're going to have a higher strain on the grid by having electric cars plugged up to it, you're going to have more coal. So you're talking about learning the code. You say that you you say that while at the same time you create more coal mining jobs, it's it's all of the it's it's all so dumb. It is all so dumb. Seriously, all right. Now was there a longer version of that? I think that might have been. Let's see, Mr. Secretary. Uh, in, in exchange with Mr. Mills, you uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet, uh, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to enter into the record. Uh, article here from February 15th of 2023 that the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Oh, oh, there it is right there. <laughs> so the Kerry family had a private jet and then they sold it because climate hypocrisy. And even if John Kerry does not own it, it doesn't mean he can't fly on one. You know, he could, he could easily, somebody said it right there. If not a private jet, how about a public jet? Okay, how do you get from point A to point B? How do you go to all these conferences all over the world? You're not going to get in the pontoon. You're not going to get in a paddle boat. You're not going to get on some rubber dinghy. You're going to fly on the first class, the, the best first class experience that money can buy. Okay, that's what you're going to do. You're not, I've never seen John Kerry and Hartsfield Jackson lugging around some luggage. Okay, he's not going to do that. But then they'll tell me, hey, man, you can't have no Toyota Tundra. That's too much for you. But I'm going to see you in a minute. I'm going to get on this, this PJ right quick. 
I'm, I'm going to get on this jet with like eight passengers and fly from uh, JFK to London. That's what I'm going to do. That is Washington, D.C. for you. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that object. you've never I, owned or I personally, your family? I by your family. personally, yes. My wife owned a plane and she <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah, I, I didn't know my wife owned a plane, but so what? I mean, come on. That's that's nothing, right? I mean, yeah, my wife owned a plane. Yeah, we've been married for the past million years. Yes, my wife is of the Heinz dynasty, and she's a multi-billionaire herself. But look, but look, but look, but look, check it out. Don't worry about that. Keep your eyes on the prize, okay? The sun, the climate, cold, it's all bad. <laughs> did you hear that? Nah, I did, but my wife did. Really? Come on. Hold on. One more time if you didn't hear it. Testimony that you've never I, owned or I personally, your family, I by your family. Personally, yes. My wife owned a plane and sold the you plane. You flew on That's that plane. Been, uh, not in a number of years. Uh, uh, this I, I, I flew in it, but yeah, that's, that's a long time ago, man. I flew in back in like before the pandemic, man. Don't worry about that. Yeah. I was talking about climate change and flying in my wife's private plane. Man, come on. Be for real. Y'all married. That's marital property. That's yours. Don't even. Why? See, that's what I'm talking about. I, I despise. I don't want to say hate, but I might as well. I despise these politicians that get on here and just tell straight lies like that. That was an outright lie. I never owned one. My wife did. I never owned a house when my wife owned a house and I lived in it for 25 years, but I never owned a house. She did. Okay. I never owned a car. My wife did. And I will always drive it every day. And I put a hundred thousand miles on it, but I never owned it. It was not then inaccurate that your family owned a plane. You flew on a plane my Secretary, wife, Mr. Secretary, my wife here's, the, here's the issue. Yeah. This isn't some kind of partisan gotcha. When we are asking Americans to make serious sacrifices as we transition for the common good, and your family and or yourself are flying around on private jets, that smacks of hypocrisy. It actually hurts your cause, Mr. Secretary. But I'll, I'll move on. But, I just but want to know sir, from a record sir, standpoint. Afford me the, the right, at least, to set the record straight here. I do not fly on a private jet. Uh, I, do, I do not fly. I fly commercially. Have on you all on of a my private jet? Uh, okay. taken I've never seen this man in no Hartsville Jackson, JFK, uh, LAX. <laughs> Come on. Be for real. And does it even matter? You're still flying around like planes are some of the biggest gas guzzlers. Like they are the biggest gas guzzling vehicle in the world. And you always you fly all around all around the world. So just bear the hypocrisy, please. If you want to really be about that climate change life, I want you to get in a boat with no no uh, gas power, no coal, no nothing. Get in there and paddle with your your bare arms and, and legs. Okay, do something like that. Then I'll be impressed. But until then, you're just like the rest of us. So when you try to lobby for laws that would prevent us from being able to travel, that'll put taxes on our travel, that'll put taxes on the carbon that we consume to go from point A to point B, it's, it's hypocritical. In this position. Just, just let, me, let me just finish. I have flown five times in the last two and a half years on Millair, which you also fly on, sure. and or some of you who travel fly on five times. 
Otherwise, all of my trips are commercial Have airlines. you flown on a private jet in a personal or official capacity since you've taken this position? Possibly once. I, I don't, I think, I just don't, I'm, I'm trying to think. Of I, I think you need to take the broader point of how this appears to the American people no, yeah. as we're asking them to take that. that. Let me tell you why. This, I, you, you we're know, not asking you know Americans, we're not asking Americans not to fly. You know, you're, you're trying to create an unequal thing. We're not no, saying we're asking don't you fly. to lead by example, Mr. Secretary. That's what we're at. You, which is why I fly commercially, by example. which is why I fly in that vein. Does your office uh, or the State Department keep a record of your official travel and scheduled meetings? Of course. Uh, does that include the individuals you're scheduled to meet with? Uh, I, can you provide that? Can you provide those records to Congress? Will you provide those records to Congress? There's more there, but that's the, you, get, you get the general idea of what's going on. John Kerry, look, man, if you want to ride around private, commercial, whatever, burning up, gasoline all over the place, emitting that harmful carbon in the atmosphere, all right, but don't try to lobby for things that are going to restrict my ability to do so. You're talking about you travel, private sometimes, commercial sometimes. A lot of Americans haven't been on the plane before at all. A lot, like a lot of your normies never have never flown before at all. They've not stepped foot on an airplane, but you want to make laws that are going to impact their life. You, on the other hand, can consume more carbon than them, and it's fine. Anyway, shout out to the politicians out there. Y'all know how they operate. It is what it is. If you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. And we have much more to get into. Now, where are we going to continue? I think I may have more videos for you guys, and then we'll get into some of the, the deeper topics. Oh, we got to get into the, the, um, the Blaze Summit. We'll get to that in just a very short period of time. So y'all please hang tight. And yeah, it was complete word salad. He um, owns a super yacht as well. <laughs> so you own a super yacht. Your wife used to own a plane before... She got called out for it. But, hey, man, regular normies, y'all got to do it whatever you got to do with. And speaking to politicians, did you see your man Joe Biden? Like, this guy, there's, there's so much going on here. The parents, okay, hold on. Is now, look at this. So, Joe Biden doing what he always does, sniffing kids. This is Helsinki, Finland. Now, the child is, look, is going to look really scared right here and then keep an eye on what the parents are doing or what the adults that are around this child are doing. Is a trip overseas it's just leaving Finland? A now, what, what was that? Did you see this? Like, what is he doing to the, to the little girl? Trip overseas, just leaving Finland a short time ago on his way back from the United States. Look at the little girl's face. Terrified. Terrified more analysis on his performance on the world and then they go to sniff the the, the mom right here or whoever that is the the the, the meanwhile the mom the aunt somebody is in her phone not even worried about what's going on world stage and the dad is too and that is see did you see at the end man got his phone up they acting like ain't nothing going on please be aware of what's happening with your children please be aware i mean is trip over now is that appropriate? Can you do stuff like this? Is that okay? Can you imagine if Trump were to do something like that? 
to a child or to anybody, but definitely a little kid. Can you imagine what it would be? But I guess because it's Joe Biden. Look, if your last name is Biden, you could do whatever you want. Sniffing little kids, smoke crack. You could bring crack in the White House, do whatever you want. Oh, and speaking of uh, crack smoking and whatnot in the White House, did you guys hear that they found, I think it was three baggies of cocaine? First, it was, it just found some white substance, right? Oh, it was a white powder. We call it hazmat, all this, that, and the third. Then it was in one place, then the other place, and then the other place. And then they said it was three baggies of cocaine. So we got a, a trafficker in the White House. Somebody is getting, it was clearly Hunter Stash, allegedly. Three bags of cocaine on a Friday. He probably left it, and they found it on Sunday when they were doing the sweep of the little cubicles. Overseas, just leaving. This guy's a mess. It's like, why would you do that to somebody's kids? Like, nah, we're not doing that. I don't care who you are. I don't care if your name is Joe Biden or, or Joe Blow. You're not going to be doing that to these children. Okay? I, it's, it's just not happening. But, hey, if, you, if you're Joe Biden, you can do whatever you want. All right? And matter of fact, let me see if I can find that story about the bags. Um, let me see. About the different bags of cocaine. I think that was a story that I had saved. Let me see if I can find that right quick. Yeah, exactly. Starting that life form, three bags. Well, that explains why they kept finding it in different places. Yeah, the bags may have been spread around. They may not have been just in one spot. They may have been here, there, and everywhere. They say, oh, we found it in the cubby. We found it on the ground. We found it over here, over there. It probably was spread throughout the White House. I mean, when you got a crackhead like Hunter Biden, you might just leave all your cocaine and all your supplies and everything all over the place, like, like a child. You know, they, they want to um, speak about him like he's a child. This man has adult children, Hunter Biden. He's in his 50s. In his, he's in his early 50s. He's old enough to be a grandpa. He is not a boy. A little. He's a, he's a fully, fully grown man beyond middle age, okay? But the way they speak about him, oh, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a president's son. Leave him alone. He's got a, a, a substance abuse problems. This man is fully grown, fully able to know what's right and what's wrong. And if you can't figure it out by now, and he's not going to figure it out. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. Let me see if I can find more here. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. All right. I can't find that uh, the story about the different bags, but I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Yeah, three bags. King White House. Let me see. Yeah, I can't find that, but I will find it. I shall find it. But yeah, Secret Service says, yo, we didn't find anything. No fingerprints, no nothing. We, we didn't find anything. We just, we just couldn't find it. Complete BS, a, a, a total cover-up. And this, this is why people don't believe anything the government says. This is why they don't trust the government, why they don't believe the government. We know that the cocaine had to belong to somebody. We know that they were able to detect it. They said that they tried to get some weed in the White House before, 
But before the weed got into the interior, past the security, because matter of fact, hold on. I'm going to try to play this video right here. This might be better for me to comment on because the whole thing was crazy. Let me just go ahead and throw it up right here. You see the headline, no fingerprints, DNA sample or leads from cocaine found at the White House. I don't believe it. This is the same government secret service that said that it might have been anthrax. We don't know if it's cocaine or not. They said that after it had already tested positive for cocaine. The fire department went to the White House, tested it, and it popped positive for cocaine right there, right on the scene. Then what did they say in the White House? Oh, we don't know what it is. What do you mean you don't know what it is? They did a test right there, and it popped positive. What are we talking about? Like, they, they were trying to cover it up at that point. Hold on. Let's, let's check this out. Is there any sound here? I guess not. It's just a little... Uh, I'm Colleen Long, and I cover the White House for the Associated Press. The FBI crime lab did sophisticated DNA testing and also fingerprint analysis on the baggie of cocaine found at the White House and turned up nothing. Surveillance footage uncovered no uh, promising leads. So right now, Secret Service doesn't know who brought the cocaine uh, to the White House. Secret Service agents found the bag uh, July 2nd while they were doing routine checks at the White House. It was located in an area of the West Wing where uh, staff come in and out. Very now, check it out. I, I wanted to show this part right here. Okay, see, see this little entrance right here? That may not be the right entrance. It don't really make a difference. This, this, this picture is really irrelevant, but I'm, I don't make a point. Um, in order to get to any of the White House entrances, meaning the door that goes into the actual White House, you have to go through an exterior perimeter to even get right here. There's checkpoints. You're going through at least two different checkpoints before you get to any door that leads you right into the White House. So when they're trying to say, oh, well, it was a door that it's a, it's a working entrance and people go in there all the time. They, they're not telling you the full story. They're not telling you that you got to go through other doors to get to that door. I've, again, I've been in the White House. I've been inside the White House three times, and that's the way it is. Before you get to an actual door that is affixed to the actual White House that allows you to gain entry into the building, you got to go through at least two different checkpoints. And they're going to go, it's like TSA. You're not going to bring no drugs in the White House. Before, like it might have been in 2020, some moron tried to bring we in the white house but they were prevented from doing so because it was detected at the checkpoints you see what i'm saying and that is the point if you could detect we at the checkpoints you could you can detect cocaine at the checkpoints and the reason why it was not is because it was somebody that had access to go beyond the checkpoints like i don't know a family member hunter biden who already had a history of cocaine abuse See what I'm saying? Like, these stories they're trying to spin are so bogus, nobody believes them anymore. Nobody believes any of this stuff anymore. Very frequently, and also tours go through. Um, and the president and his family were not at the White House at the time. They were at Camp David for the holiday week. Yeah, whatever. Okay, but I wanted to make my point. And who was that lady that got talking for AP? Can we get, like, a regular news person? I mean, come on. <laughs> like, what was the point? Just not even don't don't even have the video 
you might as well had a robot or something like that talking. It, it, it's kind of pointless. If she writes the articles, that's fine. Let her be the 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 penman and leave it there. Let let her, let her be the author, the authoress, or whatever they want to say nowadays in 2023. Why is she speaking? I don't understand. But anyway, I digress. So yeah, they found the cocaine. We know who it belongs to, but they don't want to say because this is a cover up, as usual. Uh, you know, they are still investigating Joe Biden on the, you know, 10 for the big guy, all that good stuff. Now, will anything come of that? I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay, they, they're getting, oh, and, and the documents. Yeah, they, they're still investigating Joe Biden for the documents that he had in his garage on videotape that were just loose. And Joe Biden should not have had documents at all. Trump could have had documents because he was a president. He can declassify them. And whether he did or not is up for debate, but he has the ability to take documents and declassify them. What he did is normally never prosecuted because the president can do stuff like that. It's just kind of a waste of time. Why would you bring somebody to trial and try to prosecute them over a thing that's kind of murky at best? If you're the president, you could take classified documents, which weren't, it wasn't even the original copy. They had the documents in the White House, but they wanted the copies back for some reason. Dumb stuff. Anyway, you could take that stuff as the president and declassify it. So there's no purpose in arguing over whether it was or was not declassified. There was no real harm done by what he did. So normally they don't prosecute Hillary Clinton, allowing the classified emails to get on a laptop with Anthony Weiner. This guy had all kind of stuff on that laptop. This guy had that laptop. That that laptop, you need to spread that laptop off with some disinfectant. <laughs> that that laptop was nasty. And she had classified emails on the laptop. Email server in the house. The FBI director, James Comey, got on television and said, there's enough here to prosecute her. He said that right before the election. It was the November surprise. There's enough there to prosecute her, but we're not going to do it. It wouldn't be reasonable. But they're going to do it to Trump. Now, the same grace is being given to Joe Biden. You see, it's, it's all a game. It is all a big game. But if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video. Share the video. Do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. And we got quite a few more things to get through. Where are we going to go next? Um, oh yeah. Did you guys see the, the little boy that got into a police chase? Look, when I was eight years old, this boy was eight years old, carjacked somebody, had a gun. Look, he had a gun, carjacked somebody, broad daylight, early in the morning, 11 a.m. He got caught riding around in the vehicle. He picked up two adults in the middle of him, uh, having a stolen car that he carjacked. He's eight years old. When I was eight years old, even in the so-called hood or whatever you want to call it, I'm trying to be the good kid. I did not know anybody that ever carjacked anybody at that age. <laughs> All right. I, I didn't know. I never heard about a thing like that happening. I was just trying to watch X-Men and, and, and play video games and my toys and stuff like that. Reading Goosebumps books. I'm trying to be a little boy. At eight years old, you were in the third grade. You're in a third grade. Third, you, you're going to book fairs. You're, you're being a little kid. Going outside playing. 
roll around in the dirt, that type of thing. You're not carjacking people. Look, if you carjacking somebody at eight years old, your parents have failed. Your parents have failed. Why would you even be in that mind to do such a thing? You might be a rambunctious child, but you're going to do stuff like you might break something in the house, running around the house, acting crazy, and you bump into some kind of bookshelf and the vase falls and you get in trouble or something like that. Maybe you get into a little bit of a fight or somebody's you, you wrestling outside with a next door neighbor, something, something small, but carjacking. If you're doing that at eight years old, you're pretty much doomed. It's, it's pretty much what, how, how can you, how, how can there be any redeeming quality? Exactly. R R H says at eight years old, I was eating dirt and playing with my army men. Exactly. Right, right there. Exactly. Okay, the little slip and slide outside when it's a hot summer day, something like that. You're just being rambunctious, but that doesn't mean pulling your gun and carjacking somebody at eight years old. You're done at that age. They say that if you can't read, by the time you get to be the fourth grade at an on-grade level, you're finished. You're never going to be able to catch up. And I'm sure... That if you are out there carjacking people at eight years old, you're not, you're not, you don't know how to read. There's no way that you can read well and at the same time be carjacking at eight years old. It's impossible. It's impossible because learning how to read requires a little bit of patience. It requires parents that care about you. It, it requires an environment and a circumstance that allows you to flourish to read and read well on grade level or beyond it at that age. It requires a little bit. I'm not saying it's the hardest thing to do in the world, but typically if you got people that are engaging in criminality at the early age, education is not a thing that matters to them at all. Let's go ahead and check out the video. In case you a haven't seen it. My- all right. Hold on. Let's go and check it out right quick. Montgomery leads to a police chase, and tonight NPD says the person responsible is an eight-year-old boy. What's more, police say that child driver was also armed and is now accused of a carjacking that was caught on video. A witness captured this video of the child driving off in the stolen car. We spoke to that person about what he saw. Anchor Sally Pitts with his first-hand account and new information from police. Hey, Google. Call the Montgomery Police Department. Witness video shows what police say is an eight-year-old driving a stolen car. The witness said he saw the child hit another car and then drive off. Look at this. You see this? Look at this. A little boy, they have, they, they have, they're arresting for carjacking. This is a little kid. This is crazy. Car and then drive off. I just naturally kind of wanted to follow him because I didn't think it was right for him to just get away with hitting someone. Uh, but as I was following him, I realized at some point it was a little boy. No, nah, he didn't. He, he didn't. The person did not let him take the car. He carjacked. Carjacking means that he had a gun and he forcibly took the car from somebody. That's what carjacking means. That's it right here. Eight-year-old arrested after armed carjacking and a police chase. The witness said he continued to follow the car. 
and at one point it turned onto the boulevard going in the wrong direction. Yeah, he picked up some adults uh, on Norman Bridge Road as two guys and they just wanted a ride to, I think, American Deli. <laughs> and uh, so I followed him there. I kind of kept my distance. The witness called police who tried to pull over the child. Officers say he refused to stop. During the chase, police say the eight-year-old driver crashed in the area of West Fairview Avenue and South Court Street. No one was hurt, but this witness fears it could have ended differently. Yeah, I think parents don't uh, get involved in their kids' lives of enough anymore. It can't, it's not 100% their fault, but uh, I think parents really just need to know where the kids are, what the kids are doing. Police say they did recover a gun. Of course, the eight-year-old... So yeah, they, they, they found it. They found a pistol. Um, that video got kind of chopped up right there, but you get the idea of what's going on. They, they found a pistol. The man was carjacked. That man, this little boy was carjacking. Um, he's in a juvenile hall right now. He cannot be uh, tried as an adult, I don't think, in any state. I don't think you could be charged as an adult eight, eight years old. In Virginia, if he was 14, he could be tried as an adult. But no, eight years old, he'll be in juvenile hall for a certain period of time. You got all kind of charges. You got a gun charge. You got um, still in the car, police chase, resisting arrest, all that. There's no way you do something like that at such a young age without being groomed by gangs and or your parents. There is no other way. How do you know how to do any of that kind of stuff? And someone said you can't be smart. You can't be dumb and carjack. Yes, you can be dumb and carjack. If you carjack, and it means you're dumb. I mean, knowing how to drive a vehicle is not that difficult. Uh, know how to use a gun is not, it's not that difficult to, to use a gun. But what's dumb is do something like that, broad daylight, and be kind of like going the speed limit. Like you're, you're going to get caught. You're, you're not. I don't know. But yeah, whoever is raising that boy or not raising that boy is their fault. There's no other way you do something like that without some kind of outside influence or lack of influence. That is the only way that happens. The only way. But if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. Oh yeah, definitely the parents should be... The parents, the parents probably don't even exist. The parents probably not even around. The dad probably locked up or in jail, uh, locked, locked up or, or dead. The mom is probably the same thing. The, the grandparents, who knows what they're doing. Grandparents can't take care of no rambunctious eight-year-old. You probably got the street life involved, and they're making them do certain things, and now you have what you have in front of you. That is probably um, what's going on here. Yeah, it's it's a whole big mess. Now, okay, we got to get to we got to get to the uh the, the summit. The summit was very very interesting. This was an event put on by the Blaze, Blaze Media, and our guy Tucker Carlson was the host. This was amazing. I'm going to tell you something about Tucker and Blaze. What they did with the summit, I've not seen anything quite like it. I've not seen Fox do anything like this or any other network do anything like this. I think the future of uh, political events will be off of mainstream media. And I can't wait for it, really, because the problem with mainstream media is that it's sanitized, it's advertiser-friendly, um, it's a lot of... It's, it's, like, it's, it's, really in, it's really influenced by the political world. 
an example would be how Corinne Jean-Pierre is married to or is partners with Suzanne Malveaux from CNN. It's a lot of that going on when you had Chris Cuomo, who was Andrew Cuomo's brother. And at the time, Chris was on CNN as an anchor and Andrew was the governor of New York. It's a lot of that type of stuff going on. So you're going to get a lot of biased stories, a lot of leftist preference because, all right, your, your, your sister or your boyfriend or your domestic partner works at the network that is covering you. Okay. So if CNN is covering the white house and they're covering Corinne Jean-Pierre, why would there ever be anything negative about Corinne Jean-Pierre when Suzanne Malveaux works at CNN? It's, it's so many little ties like that. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. And once you get off of mainstream media, off of the big networks, that kind of stuff is less prominent. And if it, it if it does exist on the alternative media, they don't hide it. They're open with it. I'd rather you be open with that fact rather than trying to hide it, talking about, oh, we're fair and balanced and we don't take sides. It's all BS. Whatever you do, just be honest. Be, and let's, let's be on the same page that way. Let's be on the same page that way. All right. But we got quite a bit to get through when we're talking about um, when we are talking about the, the summit. There was a lot here. So you had quite a few people that were at the summit, uh, a few candidates. No Trump, unfortunately. I think Trump had his own thing going on elsewhere in Iowa. But check it out. So here you have Tucker as the host, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, and Mike Pence. And also Asa Hutchinson, he was there. I think there might have been some more. Now, Asa Hutchinson did not do well. He bombed. Glenn Beck said it was like the Hindenburg disaster. <laughs> and Glenn Beck obviously is the head honcho over at the Blaze. He said it was like the Hindenburg disaster. It was really bad because Asa Hutchinson was talking about gender reassignment surgery being a valid form of treatment for children. Just random, ridiculous stuff he was saying. Tim Scott was talking about Ukraine and that being the good thing. Nikki Haley, same thing, talking about Ukraine being the good thing. Uh, DeSantis did okay. DeSantis, I like, but what's happening with him is that he's becoming more sanitized. He's, he's becoming, he, he's getting advice from your Jeb Bush type people of the world. And by the way, before I get to the summit, did you guys see that Jeb might want to run again? Did you, did you guys see that? Hold on. I'm going to go right back to the summit, but I got to find out about Jeb. Hold on. I, I think I saw what I saw. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, I got to. I got to find it. Okay, hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm, I'm tripping. Okay. I, I thought he was going to run, but no, he's not. He's not, he's not, he's not. I don't think he's going to run. If Jeb Bush runs, I'll be like, man, sir, we're not, we're not going to clap. It's not going to happen. Don't do it to yourself. But anyway, going back to DeSantis. He's getting a lot of the, the Jeb Bush type interaction and, 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 and consultation 
but it doesn't work too well. Ramaswamy did okay. He, he did pretty well. He gave good answers. He is a very good speaker and a smart guy, Ramaswamy. But I can't put my finger on it. It's something about him that's not really going the right way for me. I, I don't know what it is. Okay, I don't care about race or anything like that, obviously. But it's something about him that kind of I just can't really put my finger on. Mike Pence has no chance. I don't know why he's running, to, uh, to be totally honest, because he's he's damaged goods, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it. Okay, you were the vice president under Trump, and that ended under bad terms. That ended under bad terms, so you're not going to be able to use that cachet to your advantage. That's not going to help you. So what do you have that can help you? To, what, what, like, how can you really bring something to the table? Are you anti-foreign intervention? No, you support the Ukraine war, as far as I know. What are you really going to bring to the table that others do not? I don't understand. I don't really get it. Out of this group that's right here on the screen before you, I think Ramon Swami has the best chance out of this group. But of course, the big dog is Trump, who was not at the actual summit because he had his own event going on. But we're going to get to that in a minute. Let me go back to uh, some of the, I'm going to load up some of the clips from the actual event. I got, and I got quite a few. I have some from Tim Scott. I got some from uh, Hutchinson, Asa Hutchinson. I got some from a little bit of everybody. All right. Oh, and one thing Tucker revealed, one thing that he revealed is that he did not get the Vex. Speaking about uh, Tucker himself, did not get the Vex. I thought that was pretty interesting that he didn't get vaccinated um, because the thing about uh, the Vex over at Fox, I heard it was a requirement to be there. But I guess if you're Tucker Carlson, you could kind of just get around that. It's not really a big of a deal. You, if, you, if you're the big guy, the big man on campus, you could do whatever you want. Right, that that might be how that goes. All right. So let's keep on going here. If you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. And Mike Pence said something here that kind of got misunderstood, but I don't think it was that misunderstood. I think what he said was pretty clear. I think what he said was pretty clear, and we're going to get into it, shall we? We We shall. All right. So here's your man Pence talking about J6. Was it an insurrection? Do better, that's for sure. Um, so I have to ask you, since you were a witness to and in some yeah. unintentionally a participant in one of the most widely covered events in American history, January 6th, what was that? Do you think that was an insurrection? Well, first... Look, can I just take a moment just to say thank you to the family leader? to Bob Vanderplatz and the whole team here, and to our friends at Blaze TV, including my old friend Glenn Beck. I, we're standing here on a historic day in Iowa, when in just a few short hours, Governor Kim Reynolds would take to this stage and sign into law historic protections for the unborn. And I think all the members of the family leader here in Iowa prayed and worked and fought to bring us to this day. And it's an honor to be with you all. It really is. Okay, that was that was very well done, but uh, January 6th, insurrection or not? Nah? Great words, he said. I don't have anything wrong with the words he said, but 
the question is still the question. Now, as to that day, let me just say, uh, all I know for sure, having lived through it at the Capitol, is that it was a tragic day. Um, I've never used the word insurrection, Tucker, over the last two years, but it was a riot that took place at the Capitol that day. I saw firsthand in the, where they'd evacuated us down to the loading dock below the Senate chamber, police officers that, as the day wore on, were streaming through 150 law enforcement officers that were assaulted. Obviously, the tragic loss of life ransacking the Capitol that occurred. But I really do believe that a day of tragedy became a triumph of freedom. And I'll always believe that by God's grace, I did my duty that day under the Constitution of the United States of America and our institutions held. When you say the tragic loss of life, who are you referring to? Well, obviously, uh, Ashley Babbitt would come to mind immediately. Do you, what do you when think I of think the fact of the, that she was shot? Well, I, I just think it was a tragic moment. Okay, there we have his take on J6. Now, here we go with Ukraine. Now, Ukraine is a hot topic, and I think how you answer the Ukraine question would be how I vote for you, or that would be a big part of the way I vote for you. If you say that Ukraine is a good thing and we're trying to uh, weaken Russia, all this and that, and the third, I, you, you lost my vote. It's not going to happen. Issued a, thank you for that. You've issued a bunch of uh, public statements about your views on foreign policy, which are within, definitely within the mainstream of Republican views, as far as I can tell. Um, you recently met with Zelensky, according to news reports. And I'm wondering if during that meeting, as a prominent Christian leader, which you are in addition to your political views, you broached the question of his treatment of Christians within Ukraine. The Zelensky government has raided convents, arrested priests, has effectively banned a denomination, a Christian denomination, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church within Ukraine, has persecuted Christians. And I wonder if you raised that with him. I, I did raise the issue when we were there. And I, I raised it with uh, the leader of the Orthodox Church when I was visiting Kiev and asked him about concerns about religious liberty. He assured me that the Zelensky government in Ukraine was respecting religious liberty, even while recognizing that there were very small elements of the Russian Orthodox Church uh, that were being utilized for the purpose of advancing the Russian cause. Can I say one thing? I've, I've said it before, but Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, all the same people, Kevin Russ, Back in the day, one nation. Then, Kiev, Ukraine, that was like the, the, the main place. Then they go out to Moscow to settle that, to further, you know, their, their, their reach. And then that became one thing, and then Ukraine became something else. But really, it's the same people. It's the same people. And they're fighting each other because of outside forces that want to utilize Ukraine to be a NATO outpost to try and put Russia in check. So Russia, Russia sees it coming. They know what's happening. So they have no other choice than to invade Ukraine to prevent them from becoming part of NATO. It's talking about they want Ukraine to be part of NATO, but that ain't going to happen as long as Russia's attacking it. If Russia was not invading Ukraine, then Ukraine would be part of NATO. They even said it. They were like, we're not going to allow them to become part of NATO while there's a war going on. 
if not for the war, then Ukraine's part of NATO. And that would be a problem because now you got Russia pretty much blockaded. You got Ukraine, then the Baltic states. Now you're going to have Finland. All of that is NATO, is NATO, NATO, NATO. So they can't do anything. In Ukraine. There, there's more there, but I kind of want to move ahead a little bit. Because here is the most important part about Ukraine. All right. This is the most important part about the whole. Um, it's not my concern. We're going to get into that and kind of break it down a little bit. We're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you I know you're running for president. You are distra- you. you are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. Right. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. Right. And yet... Your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Now, okay, y'all heard that. It's not my concern. What he was referring to, in my opinion, and we can can have a debate about it, he's referring to Tucker saying that your concern is about Ukraine not, not having enough tanks, not, you're, you're, he was saying that his, his, his viewpoint, his mindset, his focus was on Ukraine. The concern was on Ukraine not having enough tanks and not the American people. So he's saying that's not my concern. You see what I'm saying? Because Tucker said the word concern twice. He said it about Ukraine and about the American people. So it's a matter of opinion, really. What do you think he was referring to? Was he referring to Ukraine not having what they need or about Americans not having what they need because, again, the word concern was used twice. All right. So let's hear what he says about Tucker's statement, shall we? Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. So basically, he wants to be the world police. That's what that means. Leader of the free world, world police. So if there is a conflict anywhere in the world where it benefits us, let's go ahead and provide a bunch of money, maybe even manpower if it comes down to it. Did you hear Biden talking about activating like selective service? Hold on. If you can't get enough people, look, what, what do they say when talking about the the, um, the military? They say they're not, they're not meeting the recruitment requirements. And the reason why they say that is because, oh, Americans are fat. We can't pass the physical exam. Is it because of that? Or is it because you got people that are in the military right now telling their kids, hey, don't join up. 80% of military recruits have family who are also in the military. So if their dad, their mom, their brother, their uncle, their sister is saying, hey, don't join. It got too woke. You're forced to get the vex. 
Maybe that is the reason why they don't want to join. And then ROTC, not in school anymore, at a 40% drop, no more ROTC. And a lot of the um, kids come from ROTC in high school. So the vets say don't go. No ROTC in high school. The the scandemic shut everything down. You couldn't even go to school. I mean, there's some other things going on aside from Americans being fat and not being able to pass physical exams. All right. And it can't be about physical preparedness because you can get a sex change in the military. So obviously, if you get in your twig and berries lopped off, you're not going to be better ready anyway. But you could do that in the military. But different story. I digress. The point is they're trying to activate selective service to fill the gap. Let me see if I can find that right quick. And then I keep on rocking with the um, with the summit. Uh, let me find that right quick. Y'all please give me. Okay. Here, here we go. So let's check it out. Now, it might not be selective service. It might be a select reserve force. So I might have got that wrong. It says Biden approves mobilization of reserves to support UCOM. What does that mean? Ukraine? They, they're going over to um, Eastern Europe. Are they going to go to Kiev? Are they going to go to Poland? Like, where are we going? President Joe Biden today issued an executive order. This is from July, July 13th, 2023. So two days ago, he issued an executive order approving the mobilization of select reserve forces with up to 3,000 personnel augmenting the armed forces in support of Operation Atlantic Resolve. This operation will be designated as a contingency operation, said Army Lieutenant General Douglas A. Sims, second Joint Staff Director of Operations during a press briefing today. The new designation benefits troops and families with increases in authorities, entitlements, and access to the reserve component forces and personnel. Okay, so check it out right here. The executive order reaffirms the unwavering support and commitment to defend NATO's eastern flank in the wake of Russia's illegal and unprovoked war on Ukraine. All right, what that mean? Eastern flank, Eastern Europe, that means Ukraine. Are they going to be boots on the ground in Ukraine? Uh, not quite. Maybe Poland or somewhere like that. Maybe even the Baltic states surrounding Ukraine. And if worse coming to worse, hey, man, go on in. You right there. Go on in. All right. So imagine you getting sent to die in Ukraine for no other reason than to try and weaken Russia. And why is Russia our enemy anyway? Why do we have beef with Russia anyway? Huh? Your president signed an executive order. Now, under my president, under your president, Donald Trump, he would do no such thing. There wouldn't be all this conflict going on around the world. You got your president right now signing executive orders to send your kids to go die in Ukraine for what reason anyway I digress let's get right back to it all right there's more so shout out uh to our guy Ramaswamy he did a very good job he answered the questions pretty well let's see what he says here um so let's just go through the list one thing you can't say is that maybe January 6th while appalling on one level maybe it was not an insurrection so let me let me talk about I've, I haven't I haven't talked about this much in the campaign I'll be very honest with you. You want to know what caused January 6th? There's such a temptation to say that there's one man whose name is unspeakable. We well, can't. No, first of all, it's QAnon. It it's QAnon. It's QAnon. <laughs> you want to know what caused January 6th? Is pervasive censorship in this country in the lead up to January 6th? You tell people in this country they cannot speak 
that is when they scream. You tell people they cannot scream, that is when they tear things down. And so the reality is, we were told that you could not question where the virus came from when we all knew it came from a lab in Wuhan, which now they admit. We were told that you could not send a private message to someone on the eve of an election that Hunter Biden's laptop story was actually a true story worth considering before an election. You were systematically suppressed. So this is, think about this. You told you had to be locked down, had to take a vaccine that was mandated and forced down your throat, stay locked down in your home while Antifa and BLM roam and burn the streets of this country. So that's the lead up of one full year of telling people you have to shut up, sit down and do as you're told. And then you tell them, okay, there's an election where you didn't get the information that you needed, such as the Hunter Biden laptop story being real and suppressed. That's what caused January 6th, is a cycle of censorship in this country. And until we look ourselves in the mirror and admit truth on that, we will not move forward as a country. And I think that's the real cause. And, we're not, and I'm sorry to say this, Tucker, but I think until we reckon with that reality, I worry that that is the beginning of, it's a friendly parley compared to what's to come, unless we step up and speak truth, restore integrity, and actually lead us to who we are as a people rather than sweeping the truth under the rug. That was very well said. I mean, who can really, who can say anything against that? That was very, very well said. So again, that was Vivek Ramaswamy. All right, now here is some more. Hold on, hopefully I didn't skip somebody. All right, so here's um, now we don't need Pence. Let me just come out of this right quick. Give me, I'll give me a second to get myself together. Um, okay, we can close that one and that one, and then let's go to DeSantis, shall we? This mess a year from year and a half from now, say. And let's just say it's static. It's where it is right now. What do you do about it? Like, what, How do you one, act? One, Europe needs to do more. This is their backyard. We, can't, we have NATO countries that don't produce support for their own defenses. And we're supposed to do it, and we're taking away weapons and ammo that could go to respond to contingencies overseas. So we would do more in terms of the Pacific. And the goal should be to bring it to a conclusion. You bring it to a conclusion in a way that's a sustainable piece and that doesn't reward uh, aggression, and you have to be able to use different levers uh, that you have. I mean, for example, one of the leverages I would use vis-a-vis uh, -vis Russia is I would do our own energy uh, exploration uh, and send it over to Europe so they don't have to rely on Putin. I would stop uh, giving Iran a free pass like Biden is because they're funding Russia. So we have some ability to, to use this, uh, but the goal should be we cannot have a quagmire that goes on for years and years. And seeing Biden put those troops there, I can tell you we cannot have American troops in Ukraine. That is a total non-starter. All right, so how you guys feel about DeSantis and what he's saying? Do you like the direction he's going in? What are your thoughts on uh, Ron DeSantis? All right, so that's CBDC. That's not necessarily that interesting. Um, oh, here we go again with my man Vivek. I wanted to get back to him talking about um, this whole thing about white privilege, all that kind of other nonsense like that. Let's check him out. You know, my parents came to this country with almost no money. I've gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. And then people tell me, oh, that's because you had privilege. <laughs> they tell me white privilege. It's sort of weird. It's sort of an interesting. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Do you, do you tell them? <laughs> 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 I 
I, 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 I said, take the blindfold off, <laughs> and, and, and now you have your answer. But, but the interesting answer is, actually what I do tell him, Tucker, is that I did have privilege. I didn't grow up in money, but I had two parents in the house, a mother and a father, with a focus on education and a faith in God. And you know what, that is the ultimate privilege. That if I'm gonna enjoy that, every kid in this country ought to enjoy it too. Very well said. He's, he's, he's doing very good. A lot of you guys are saying he could be a good VP pick for Trump. I think you're right. I think you're right. He could be a good VP pick. He could also be the president one day. So I'm not sure about right now. I'm missing a little something. I don't know what it is, but he'd be a very good VP. And with enough visibility and he's out there in D.C. for long enough, he could become president. So let's say, for example, Let's say he was the vice president under Trump and Trump wins again in 2024. I like to see him in 2028 run again. And then he could be the president for eight years beyond that. That'd be actually the perfect scenario. But I, I, need, I need to see more from him because, again, it's something missing for me. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But I like him. I do like him. Out of everybody that was there, at the summit, was that last night or whenever that was? He was the best, hands down. All right, let's keep on going here. This is more from DeSantis. Nationally. Well, I'm very proud to say Kim Reynolds is here and she signed a great heartbeat bill today. We were able to do that in Florida. We had a lot of opposition to that. Uh, I'm proud to have been a pro-life governor uh, and I will be a pro-life president. So, I mean, of course I want to sign uh, pro-life legislation. Uh, I think it's um, something that we uh, need to develop a culture of life in this country. If you look over the last 50 years, uh, we allowed practices that were barbaric, post-birth abortion. Abortion uh, when you have a fully formed baby six, seven months in. And I don't think Rome's built in a day. I think it's gonna take time to make progress in some parts of the country, but as president, uh, I will be somebody who will use the bully pulpit uh, to support governors like Kim Reynolds when she's got a bill, other states as they advance the cause of life. It is a critical issue, and it's one I'm happy to have done. And oh, by the way, uh, this is an issue where I had a lot of supporters who were averse to me on this. Donors saying they didn't want to support me um, if I stood for life. It's been written about how I lost a lot of really big supporters. Some of them just aren't pro-life, some of them think it's a political liability. And at the end of the day, you get into office to be able to do what's right. And you've gotta stand on principle, uh, and you've gotta say, why am I here? If you're here to contort yourself into a pretzel, to try to not have to uh, take on big issues, to take the political road that's easier traveled, uh, then you're not somebody that's dependable. So we stood up, uh, we did what was right. Yeah, we, 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 we lost some support as a result of that, but if I had a chance to do it again, I'd do it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Okay, there's DeSantis. I don't know, he's the same way. It's like, he's not really captivating. I can't put my finger on him. Like with Vivek, I just, I don't know what it is. But with DeSantis, he's not, he's not captivating. Vivek is more captivating. He's more, you want to listen to him talk. He's more interesting. DeSantis is a good politician, but doing these speaking engagements and things like that, I don't know. 
I, th- I think he's getting wrong information. He's getting wrong counseling. Just not doing it for me. I like him, though. As a governor, I think he'd be the best. But the thing about Florida, there's, there's term limits as a, as a governor. So after this term, it's a wrap. He has to do something else. He could be a good president, but I don't know. I don't know. Let's keep on going. Okay. Uh, there's more from him, but I kind of want to move a little bit further here. Uh, we got to Pence and everything else. Uh, okay, my man, Tim Scott. Let's go to, let's go to Tim Scott right quick. Let's go ahead and um, close these out. Then we'll keep on moving. All right, Tim Scott. I almost forgot about my man Tim Scott still running for president, right? I, I can't imagine many people would disagree with that. I wonder what you do with the millions of foreign nationals here illegally, many with fake papers, uh, who are here. Like, what do you do with them? You become president. Yes. Sworn in January 2025, and you've got, let's say, 7 million people who've come in in the last four years. Do you, I mean, what do you do with them? Do you deport them? I think it's a very difficult task to deport them all at one time. But here's what we make sure they never do is you never break the law and become an American citizen by breaking the laws. Well, hold on. Wait, wait, would you deport any of them? How many would you deport? I, I think you have to start the process of identifying where they are. Listen, listen, this is a really important question. I hope that we don't miss this. Because those folks who come into our country illegally, even those who are seeking asylum, go around our country, and some of the asylum dates for your court appearance is 2033, 10 years from now. So finding those who have come to our country illegally has to be a part of the job number one. What he's saying right here is right, because you could just say, yeah, I'm going to get everybody and deport them. But it's like, if they were given the date for their asylum uh, to go to court and it's 10 years from now, what do you do with that? See, we got a whole big mess that's been made. Now we got to figure out a way to clean up this mess that was made. How are you going to deport somebody who has a court date that is 10 years from now? What are you going to do with that? They shouldn't have been here in the first place, but now we got to figure out a way to clean it up in a realistic, legal way. So what he's saying is right, actually. And that means that we're going to have to take a look panoramically across our country and make sure that we stop this thing called sanctuary cities and sanctuary states that receive our resources to make sure that the federal government cannot figure out where the folks are. So in order for us to achieve the goals that the really brilliant guy on the stage, I'm not talking about myself, wants us to achieve. That was a compliment, by the way. Oh, sorry. I went right over my head. I was like, <laughs> Well, make sure I, I got it. Sometimes I give compliments. I have to let people Brilliant's know. Brilliant's a little strong. Yeah, okay, okay. Really smart cookie over here. <laughs> Achieve. We have to f- identify where they are. And, and I'm not going to pretend that that will be an easy task. But that should be the responsibility. Well, but wait a second. The federal government's like knows where everyone is because everyone has a has a smartphone and they're yes, tracking you. Yes, yes, yes. You know. So like we know anyone using a fake social security number want to just like drop them off in Tijuana. Bye bye. Well. I'm going to appoint Tucker Carlson as my bye-bye ambassador no, but, to figure this out. So we're going to work together on this. And I, no, I look a sincere question. I, like, I'm sincere maybe the well. reason that people come by the millions yes. uninvited, illegally, making a mockery of the rule of law. I have to obey the law, but someone from Haiti doesn't? Or what? But they come because they know that no politician will say, come and you're, you're leaving. Like, they don't put up with this in Japan. Absolutely. Well, they don't put like, up you're gone. They don't Why not do that? What, what Tucker is saying, what they, they're both right. You see, they don't do things like this in other countries. You can't just come go to Japan, willy-nilly, China, anywhere like that. You can't do that there. But under the Biden administration, you can do whatever you want under Biden. 
And if they're allowing people to come in by the boatloads and just letting them out in the in the world in the wild, how are you going to find them? How, how are you really going to find these people? There's no tracking device. There's nothing you could do. So what do you, how do you really go about doing this? All you really can do is at a certain point, if somebody is caught committing a crime and they don't have their papers in order, all right, time to go. Um, if they're trying to get funding, if they're trying to apply for something, you can get them that way. But if they stay under the radar, what are you going to do? What they should do is get that border wall built up, prevent anybody else from coming in here illegally. That's, that's, how, you, that's how you stop it. But deporting mass deportation, it's much easier said than done. Of course it should happen, but how are we going to do it realistically? That's the that's that's the point that Tim Scott was making. But Tucker was right to say we don't people around the world they don't do this in Japan or China. He's right about that. They're both right. All right. So now we're talking about um Vladimir Putin and Mexico, all that kind of stuff. This was pretty good from Tucker. Tucker actually was as good as Vivek. By being the host, he was making a lot of good points as well. If he can get Tucker to step from behind the camera and in front of a podium, he might do some good, to be totally honest with you. Here's, I'm just interested because all measures are relative. So Russia's bad, Russia's a threat, Putin's evil, got it. But the total body count from Russia in the United States is right around zero. Like, I don't know anyone who's been killed by Russia. I know people personally who've been killed by Mexico. The government of Mexico allows fentanyl to be made in its country and to come over our border. Yes. And remittances from Mexico are a huge part of their economy. The Mexican government is party to the murder of hundreds of thousands of Americans. So why is Mexico less of a threat than Russia? Well, two things. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay, but yeah, and fr I mean, frankly, here's, here's no Americans killed by Russia, yep. hundreds of thousands killed by Mexico, but Mexico's our ally and Russia's our enemy. How does that work? Well, I'm not going to pretend like I, the legislation I have sponsored and I would sign as president of the United States freezes the assets of the Mexican cartels, targets the Mexican cartels, and hopefully eliminates the flow of fentanyl. I do agree with you that 70,000 Americans losing their lives on an annual basis is an existential threat to America that we can solve. We don't have to choose the good news. Is Would we you can be solve willing that. to say to the Mexican government, your economy runs on factories right over the border, car plants, for example, but many other manufacturing uh, plants, and we're just going to slap tariffs on that and tank your economy, like tomorrow? unless you stop allowing poison to come into our country. Like, why not do that? Very, very well said from, from, from Tucker. Again, if you can get from behind the, um, the camera in front of a podium, you could do some good here. Now, here we're talking about Asa Hutchinson. Now, I have no idea why this man is running. He has absolutely zero chance, zero chance. I would never in my life ever vote for this man for dog catcher, let alone president of the USA. I would never I would never vote for a guy like this, ever. And face. And I believe in a limited role of government. And so, you know, if I don't think that California ought to be able to tell parents you need to have gender affirming care for the children. The government should not do that. And in the same way, let's keep the government out of it unless it's that extreme case. And let's let parents guide the children. I stand with parents. So what he's saying here, to be clear, he's saying it's okay for a child to get gender reassignment surgery. 
if the parents say it's okay. He's saying the government shouldn't get in the way of parents wanting to have their five-year-old become transgender. That's what he's saying. That's that's exactly what he's saying right here. Okay. So this this is this is totally nuts. This is a GOP person running for president. He has to he has to go. Get this guy out of here. So, and, and amen for standing with parents, and I think everyone in the room would agree with that. Um, but the reason I asked the question was not to bring up a sore subject, which I, I know that it is, uh, but to ask if in the subsequent two years, you, you had said that you drew the line at castration of, of physical altercation of a child's body because it's permanent. But in the subsequent two years, I think we've learned that hormone therapy for prepubescent children is permanent. It changes the bone structure. It changes the brain of the child. It, a lot of people believe, including me, that it, it destroys the child's life. But it is permanent. It's not reversible. So given that and the standard you just articulated, do you have different feelings? I mean, this is a permanent change we are making to a child. Why would we allow that if we don't allow surgery? Well, you, permanent change is one issue, but also hormonal treatment is a different issue and can be a different issue. And whenever you look at the bill that I vetoed, there was not any grandfather clause in there. Again, uh, I respect legislators that have a different view, but I think independently, I think of the parents, I think of the Constitution, and actually the court, if you read the decision of the federal judge that struck it down as unconstitutional, really sided with parents as well. But how is, it, tre but how is it treatment? I guess that's my question. If you have a child who says, who's born a boy, I want to become a girl, he hasn't gone through puberty yet, he's say 10. Is it treatment? to prevent him from going through the natural process of adolescence? How is that treatment? It, it seems not like treatment. It seems like something else. Well, you have to, Tucker, I hope that we'll be able to talk about some issues. I know that. Well, the nah, nah, come on, man. Like, let's see, you, you're, doing, you're doing way too much hemming and hawing. It's a really, you, you're, you're avoiding the question. You're dodging it, matrix style. You're dodging the question. Answer it. You, Mr. Hutchinson, you support Children getting hormone treatment to quote unquote treat some kind of thing that they might have going on. Little boy's eight years old. He feel he might he might say to his mom that he's a girl, or the might or the mom might say he they, he thinks he's a girl. They put the eight year old on puberty blockers or hormone blockers. You say it's okay. You say if that doesn't happen, if it's not allowed to happen, then it's somehow going against the parents. Now. Just because the parents may say so does not mean it's okay because sometimes the parents can abuse the children. So is that okay? Oh, I stand with the parents. So if the parents are literally beating the kids every day, black and blue, hurting the kids, is that okay because the parents are doing it? It's a thing called child abuse, and that is not okay. That is not Ill that, that is that is illegal. That is not legal. We're talking about... Hormone treatment, hormone quote unquote therapy, that should be in the same category as child abuse. And if you say anything to the contrary, I would never, ever, ever in my life ever vote for you for anything. For anything. You should get locked up, actually, but I digress. I'm getting triggered. This is one of the biggest issues in the country, and I think I would, every person in this room would agree that. It is a, a central issue because it, these are children who are being altered permanently, and you can defend that alteration, that change, if you like, 
But there's really no debate about whether or not it's permanent. And so I think it's fair to ask you in a calm, rational, and I very much hope polite way, why you would support that. He, he, he had no real answer. He had no real answer. This guy was a nut. I don't understand how he was able to get to this particular stage. All right. Now, here's Tim Scott talking about um, Ukraine. You know, the Third Absolutely. World War very quickly. So why not force a peace? Now, if you guys are wondering who the previous person was, that was Asa Hutchinson. I think he's, uh, what is he, um, a governor, a senator, or something like that. Let me just get it right. He is, um, he was a governor of Arkansas from 2015 to 2023. So he's a former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, A-S-A Hutchinson. Now we're going back to Tim Scott talking about Ukraine and the peace and whatnot. What could happen in Ukraine? How would you we do that? Do, well, you could tell Ukraine, and they are a client state of the United States, without American backing, there's kind of no Ukraine. We're literally paying the salaries of their bureaucrats. Um, we want you to sit down, as they tried to do, but were stopped by our government, um, and stop this war. Yeah. And, and reach a peace as, as one does, where both sides, you know, concede some of their interests. Like, why wouldn't that be in our interest to do that? I think the faster we get to peace, the better off we are. What we don't want to do, from my perspective, is allow ourselves to ask for a premature peace that cannot be achieved as the alliances continue to come together. Uh, to the extent that we can find our path out of this situation, the better off we are. So what's the point at which we'll know that we've achieved our goal? Just, and, and I say that within the context of having watched 20 years of occupation in Afghanistan where nobody could answer the question, what's the point? Yes. And no one in Congress ever asked that question, amazingly. So what is, the, what is the specific goal here? Yeah, so I would say that the objective should be for Zelensky and Ukraine to be able to achieve victory by maintaining as much of their territory as they possibly can and then seeing the resources that we've deployed along with our Western alliances, achieving the peace that I believe comes when you get these two folks to sit down and have a conversation that allows them to determine where those lines will be drawn for the next hundred years. Okay. You know, okie dokie. All right. That's Tim Scott. And I think we already covered this one with, uh, Asa. Let me see if he continues here or if it's the same thing you already covered. And I will stop with this, but you have repeatedly described delaying a... Yeah, we already covered that. All right. Now, Glenn Beck talked about Asa in an interview, and here are his comments. Glenn Beck spoke on Asa's interview. The guy, the former governor of Arkansas, talking about gender reassignment, surgery, things of that nature. Let's check it out. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thanks. Great to see you again. Thank you. I don't think I've ever seen anything uh, <laughs> quite like that. Uh, you know, at, at one point in America, the hopes and dreams of, of hundreds and hundreds of people as they looked up into the sky and those in the sky that looked down, uh, they thought it was going to go in one way. And uh, 29 seconds later, the entire Hindenburg was <laughs> on the ground. And I think that's may, maybe what we saw today. We're bringing in uh, Blaze TV contributor. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. It, it was pretty bad from Asa. The, the, the Hindenburg disaster, that, that was pretty much what it was. And I think I missed Nikki Haley. I'm not sure why I don't have any clips from her. Let me try to find some from her. And I think that will be... Um, the, 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 the summary of the summit 
The event was about eight hours long and it was streamed on YouTube. If you want to find the full link for the summit, I have it on my website, anthonybloken.com. You could go to the article that corresponds to it and you can see it right there in the links. Let me find Nikki Haley and then we're going to keep on rocking and rolling. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. But yeah, Nikki Haley also has no chance. Um, She's a good politician, I suppose, like senator, governor, something like that. But beyond that, I don't really think that she has any chance to do anything else. All right. So let's go ahead and roll these clips right here. Here we go. The first one is about um, the election, the 2020 election. Um, was it was it any kind of funny stuff going on? Like what was really happening? And you're going to hear her answer. Let's zoom in a tad on that. There we go. Let's go right back to it. As a mechanical question, it's not a trick question. It's just like the mechanics of it, something you're thinking about since you're running. I don't think anyone would say Joe Biden was a great candidate. No. Didn't campaign. He didn't campaign at all. He was not a figure who commanded respect among Democrats. They made fun of him. I'm not attacking the guy, but that's true. Right. Nobody in Washington said, I want my kid to grow up to be Joe Biden. (laughs) And yet... At the end, he's got 81 million votes, 15 million more than Barack Obama, who, whatever you think of him, was a very talented politician and, I think, smart. So, like, how did he do that? And what can we learn from that? Well, what you can learn from it is what we did in South Carolina. I said in South Carolina, if you've got to show picture ID to buy Sudafed, if you've got to show picture ID to get on a plane, you should have to show picture ID to protect the integrity of the election process. So... You know, and we have to make sure... Election integrity is something we don't ever stop. You have to continue over and over. We've had some states who've done some great things and they've put voter ID in place and that's been great. We still have some other states who haven't done anything and we need to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to. I mean, we saw during COVID a lot of people, a lot of um, secretaries of state changed rules without getting state legislative support. We saw a lot of that happening. We saw a lot of mail-out balloting. We've got to make sure we continue to fight to make sure we have integrity in the election process. Because I saw at the United Nations, you never, when you have your people lose faith in an election system, that's the first crack of a, of a country falling apart. We have to keep fighting for this. We have to make sure we get it done. Yes. So when I asked about the 81 million votes, you immediately said things I think I agree with about election integrity. Yeah. So are you suggesting that that last election, it sounds like you're saying you don't think it was on the level. Are you talking about the presidential? That's correct, the presidential. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we all know that there were irregularities in there and that there were some issues that happened. We know that there was mail-out balloting that shouldn't have happened. I, do I think that changed the results of the election? No, I mean, I think President Biden ended up winning the election. But I think at the end of the day, it showed we've got a lot of work to do in terms of election integrity. So you mentioned uh, mail-in ballots. Would you... you would would you restrict that if you're a president? Yeah, I don't. I- so, like, what, what do you guys think about what Nikki Haley was saying? You think that she was on point, off point? Y'all, let me know your thoughts on what she was talking about as far as their election and the 81 million, all that good stuff in the comments. Now, we're talking about Nord Stream. Now, I think we all know what happened. And, by the way, they recently found some evidence of explosives by the Nord Stream um, to site. And we know what happened. It was a U.S. destroyer right there in the Baltic. We know what happened. We know that we did that because um, destroying Nord Stream 
interrupted Russia's money supply because Russia was sending fuel from, well, sending the, the, the gas from St. Petersburg through the pipeline to Germany. Okay. That was how a lot of their, their war chest is funded. So by blowing that up, you, you hurt them. This, this, all, all of this right now, the Ukraine war, the Nord Stream, it's a way to try and hurt Russia. Sanctions, Ukraine, all of that. That's all that it is. So it's pretty clear that we had something to do with it, but let's see what she says. Who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? I mean, I, I don't know. Do I'm, not, I'm not claiming you did it. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, no, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Do you know who did it? Uh, seems pretty obvious. It was backed by the Biden administration, I would say. I mean, I think all the evidence suggests that, but I wasn't there. But I, I, I just, I mean, that seems like a huge step. This is the largest industrial sabotage in history, sent more carbon in the atmosphere than any act ever. And, like, there's weirdly no curiosity about who did it. And I think that's strange. What do you well, think? There's a lot of things that are strange with the Biden administration. <laughs> this is the first one. I Awkward silence. Got kind of weird. Yes. Uh, what I'm really saying is if you were running against the Biden administration to do something like that and shaft our closest allies in the world, which would be Western Europe, and deprive them of the energy they need to run their manufacturing sector and destroy their economy, which it is in the process of doing, like, that's a major sin to have done something like that. You just well, betrayed our allies, and no one on the right is accusing the Bidens of what they clearly did. So I don't know why. Yeah, pretty, it's pretty simple. Nikki Haley, I don't know. Nikki Haley is political, 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 like straightforward political. It, it's no real flex room. It's no... There's no room in there for her to kind of go against the grain or say anything different. She's right on World Economic Forum, Council on Foreign Relations, D.C. That's that's Nikki Haley. So if that's what you want, that's what you get from her. OK, that you, you're going to get John McCain in a dress, basically, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't think so. Some normies, they like that. They, they like the old school, um, you know, Go along, get along. They like that type of thing. But some want the, the Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, somebody that's different and that'll bring something different to the table. We got a lot of the, the unit party type people, your rhinos, your, your DC rats. They're not really going to help the country go forward in a positive way. They're going to bring on things like the 2008 financial crisis. They're going to bring on things like uh, some of the lockdowns, all that kind of weird stuff we got going on. You know what I mean? The the uh the the mandates, all kind of stupid stuff. They're gonna bring those kind of things on. So we don't really want that to happen. All right. So now that was pretty much the highlights. I mean, of course there's more. It was an eight hour event. Um I think was it Kim Reynolds? I'm not I don't want to say her, her name incorrectly. Yeah, so Kim Reynolds was on stage and she signed the um, heartbeat law in Iowa. So that happened at that same event. But beyond that, those are the highlights. Um, out of everybody, Vivid, Vivid did the best. Ramaswamy, he did the best. The worst, obviously, Asa. Ah, oh, man, that was terrible. To get on a stage with conservative candidates and you support Child mutilation. I mean, what kind of cracker you smoking? You and Hunter been on the. You and Hunter 
been hanging out a little bit too much, Asa. You've been going to Camp David with Hunter and hitting that cocaine with your man. That's what's going on with that because that's crazy. I mean, you can be a rhino talking about Ukraine. You can be talking about trying to hurt Russian Federation, trying to do all kind of weird foreign stuff. But child mutilation, I mean, good grief. Where's your line get drawn? <laughs> Where's your line get drawn? I mean, what in the, that was crazy. But again, the best vivid. He had the best answers. He was in tune with the people. He appears to be, he, he has more youth. Because that's something else. A lot of these guys are, are super old. I mean, Vivek's my age. Actually, I'm older than Vivek. He's 37, I'm 38. So, he, 1985, got that youthful spirit. I want someone, I want a guy that's not going to be in the walker in one year to be the president. How old is Asa Hutchinson? Let's, let's check it out. Asa Hutchinson is 72 years old, okay? Uh, Nikki Haley got to be about 60-something, I think, or right at 55. I think, I think she might be about 60, 51. So I was off a little bit, 51. Um, not that old, but not that young either. And then uh, I think, what's my man's name? I, I think uh, Tim Scott is right around 50, 55, 57. So let's get somebody that's a little bit younger. How about under the age of 45? Maybe, just maybe. Maybe somebody that's not, 80 years old like Joe Biden, about to fall over and turn into dust. One more fall, one more fall is going to be complete ashes on the ground. And you know what, Quid Voltus, you're right. Five foot seven is short to be the president. It is. Now, I'm not a heightist. I'm not a shallow person. Don't get it confused. It's not me saying this. All the presidents since Carter have been above six foot. And Carter himself might have been about 5'9". How, how tall was he? I think he was 5'9". And Carter was a terrible president. He was 5'10". He was 5'10". So, look, all the presidents, um, Slit Willie, W, um, W2, not the, uh, W, HW, Slit Willie, Reagan, Obama, Trump, all above six foot. Trump 6'3". Obama's like 6'1". Six six Slick Willie like 6'2", six 6'3". Six because people, they see the, the height as an authority figure. I'm talking about just the psychology of the average normie out there. Normies, they don't really know what's going on. They're like, okay, who's the vice president? I don't know. She black? I don't know. What, what's her name? They have no idea. So they're going to see somebody that is on a debate stage. If you are a 5'7", next to a 6'3", guy, the 6'3 guy has an advantage in their mind. They don't know their politics at all. They don't know policy at all. All they see is a physical difference. Like, like that debate back in the day where one guy was sweating and the other guy wasn't sweating. That right there was, I mean, the, the appearance made a lot of, it made, it, it made a big difference. It made a huge difference. You know, I think, um, I think Trump is 6'3". Six, six yeah, I think Trump is 6'3". Trump's, I've seen Trump in person. He's closer to my size. Um, 6'3". Yep. We're, we're like the same size. He's he's bigger than me a little bit, obviously, weight-wise. But we're about, we're about the same height. Um, And, yeah, that's most presidents. And, again, Carter was the shortest one at 5'10". Over the past many years. <laughs> Somebody said 6'8". 
Now, I've never heard Trump claim he's 6'7". Now, Barron is a giant. Barron Trump, uh, Trump's youngest boy, or his youngest son, his, his other kids are grown. But his boy is a giant. Because Melania is tall. Melania is like 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, Trump's 6'3". So, of course, they're going to have this, um, this giant of a boy. Hold on. Now, this picture right here is... Not even that recent. I'm going to try to find a recent picture of Barron. All right. So let's go in the past month. Let's try to find a picture of Barron. All right. Hold on. Check this out. <laughs> this this is a crazy picture. I'm not sure when this was. But look, but look, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> My man is out of the frame. Listen. Trump is 6'3". Melania is like 5'10". She's wearing heels, obviously, so she's going to be a little bit taller than 5'10". She's probably like 6'2 in heels. Look at Barron. That's that's a real picture. That that man right there in that suit, that's their son. Barron got to be about, what, 16? How old is Barron at this age? Barron is 17 years old. Yep, 17. And he might have been 16 right there. Look at this. A, a giant basketball player. You about to be you you gonna see Baron Trump playing for the LA Lakers with LeBron James boy. That'd be crazy. Okay. So yeah, shout out to Baron, the, the young giant over there. All right. Now we got calls to get to in a minute. The number to call is 434-658-1220. Again, 434-658-1220. We're gonna get to the calls in just a minute. Here's another shot of Baron right here. Look at this. The boy's giant. He's head and shoulders above Trump almost. The shoulders are way up. The shoulders are like up to Trump's ear. That's that's humongous. All right. But we got super chats, and then we're going to get to the calls. Again, a number to call, 434-658-1220. Again, 434-658-1220. Let me get to the supers right here. Then we get to the calls. Shout out to Richard Davis who says, Awesome live show, ABL. Thank you for that. I definitely appreciate you. Let me make sure I have all the supers because I think I might be missing some here. Y'all give me a second. And if you like what you've been hearing so far tonight, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. And y'all know I could not do the show without you. All righty. Let me just make sure I'm on the right page with everything we got going on. And there we go. All right, we good. So shout out to Robert Out of Reason who says, only one thing can stop these activists, jobs. There you go. Also, other things John Kerry also hates, manual labor. And John Kerry never flew in a private jet. This is body did. <laughs> that gets Michael Guess who says, I suppose Kerry smoked it, but never inhaled it either. A a exactly. I, I, never, I never smoked weed, but I, 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 I smoked it, but I didn't inhale it, so it don't count. Anyway, Rebel, Rebel Without a Reason says, I love John Kerry and the Adams Family. That's right. When he played Lurch, that, that role was so captivating, I cried tears. Uh, Michael Guest also says, does the FBI still watch his, this show? I'm sure they do. Shout out to the FBI if you're watching. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. All right. Shout out to you. Michael Guest also says, what the H is Biden doing? He has been sniffing that white substance found in the White House? Question mark. A. Great question. Glad you asked. 
Rebel Without a Reason says, I saw The Freedom on Friday. It was a great movie. Even if you don't know the story, it has great acting, directing, cinematography, etc. If you like action and suspense, you will enjoy it. Five stars. Well, hey, y'all go watch Sound of Freedom if you've not seen it. Available in theaters. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to get free tickets, but just go ahead and support it. Check it on out. The Sound of Freedom. Based on the true story, obviously. Uh, think of what out of reason again, who says, when I was eight, I was playing with Hot Wheels and G.I. Joe's. This kid's life is over. Where is his grandmama at? <laughs> at? Probably nowhere. But that's a great question. Shout out to LW304-2003, who says, look up Latarian Milton and how he turned out. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a guy who wrestled right, right with his friends. I remember who wrestled right with my friends. He wound up graduating or something. Oh, nah, he got he got locked up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Latarian, he was doing some carjacking stuff, and they interviewed him afterwards, and it was a meme. Yeah, I, I remember that. The hood rats off of my friend's kid. It's a shame. Uh, Lothair says, what's your favorite Goosebump story? I have no idea, man. You're talking about, I was reading those books in the 90s, like 91, 92, I could not tell you anything about those right now. You're talking about like 30 years ago. I have no idea. Rebel Out of Reason says the kid was trying to get thrown in jail so he could see his father. Also, what's your favorite Italian dish? Um, I just had some Italian today, actually. I had some, well, I had Mediterranean, so that really don't count. Italian? I mean, really, you could just make it easy and say pizza. <laughs> for real, for real. But beyond pizza, the obvious answer, um, I would say. That's a good question. I don't even know. I, I really don't know. That's that's a hard question to ask, really. Um, chicken parmesan is always good. Uh, eggplant, like fried eggplant is always good. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. A good, a good spaghetti and meatball is really good, too. Or pasta. It's all kind of stuff you can get. Uh, all kind of good Italian food. Like penne pasta with some chicken, shrimp, something like that. Great. Um, also, Effie Ranger Xbox says the the White House Coke was a resupply. Hunter can't be out. Matthew Richardson says Vivid is a Caucasian. <laughs> Rebel went out of reason says Pence needs some cream. Tucker wore him out. Also, breaking news. Pence has emergency surgery to remove Tucker's foot. There you go. Thank you to Cal Denson who says if Trump wins the GOP primary, I don't send one in the general. The media, the alphabet agency, and sleeping normies make me feel less optimistic. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because we're kind of caught in this weird situation where Trump has so much support, but he also has so much hate. So you got to be able to overcome the hate. I think if you have Vivek as a vice president, you could get a lot of the Indian American, a lot of the other immigrants to come on board and vote for Trump. I'm not sure that it'd be able to overcome a lot of the negative um, things that have been put out there about him by the media, but it could help. It most certainly could help. So we got to see come um, 2024. This is going to be a crazy, a crazy election cycle. It's already crazy right now. You got Trump facing charges for little ticky tack stuff. It's already crazy right now, but let's get closer to the time. It's going to get nuts. You're going to see Joe Biden stumbling and bumbling and fumbling, you know, sniffing babies and everything else. And the media is going to be, they're going to be blindfolded to it. They're going to be Burt Box blindfolded to it. But then if Trump so much as 
says one wrong word or stutters or anything like that, they're going to be on him like white on rice. That's how they do. It's really a crazy crying shame. Shout out to Lothar again who says, do kick out Asa off the stage. What a creep. Thank you to Miss Nikki who says, Ebio, did you see the interview between The Breakfast Club and Vivek? Vivek got a lot of supporters, myself included, after that terrible interview, in my opinion. Well, it was terrible because they were trying to attack him, but Vivek did very well. Yeah, you guys have been asking me about that. I've not had a lot of time to watch it, but I have seen some of the clips. Um, I want to watch that interview in full and give my commentary. I might be a day late dollar short, but I'm still a rather be day late dollar short than never come at all. But anyway, uh, shout out to you guys. You guys are fantastic. The best audience anywhere on these interwebs. If you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. Let's go ahead and get to the calls. The number to call is 434-658-1220. Again, 434-658-1220. There's also a Skype email in the description box. You can get on that way. If it doesn't work right, if you can't get on the stream, don't blame me. Blame the white man. It's not my fault. Y'all already know. Let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video. Share the video. Do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. All righty. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let me see. Somebody says, Bribe and Joe are non-blinking resident. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I think the whole thing with Joe is, is crazy. It, it's a whole big crazy mess. All right, let me go ahead and try to restart Skype. It wants to act up already. Look at that. That's crazy. All right, I think I think we good now. Let's 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 test it. Eight five nine. You're on the line. Who am I speaking to? Yo, how's it going, man? I'm joining the show. Well, I'm I'm glad you are, man. What's happening? Oh, not much, man. Your libertarian friend, libertarian libertarians here. I'm actually 100 percent sober this time. And I'm about to work to other job, the other job. Just deciding cocaine in the White House. I mean, how irresponsible that Hunter has to be. If that's disrespectful. It seems like he doesn't really respect his father. Or his father is uh, doing that little uh, booger screw as well. Because some of the ideas he's talking about, like blocking the sun, somebody has to be on drugs thinking about that. Yeah, but you know, the funny thing about the whole blocking the sun thing is that that's not even a new idea. Like, a lot of what I'm talking about right now are just kind of crackpot things that have been discussed before but never done. Just It's just D.C. being D.C. They're coming up with ways to make themselves stay, stay relevant. Just just nonsense that they always do for some odd reason. Yeah, but also these, these uh, environmentalists are hypocrites. They want to take all these fancy claims. But they want to punish people like us who have older cars, who, uh, you know, who live our lives as normies as we, as we always do. And they want to punish us, but God forbid they want to have a beachside house right by the beach. And they're saying the, the water's going to rise over time, but yet why you have a beachside house? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, don't get me wrong. I think, I do think climate change is an issue, but I think people in the government are highly exaggerating the situation and they're just trying to get more money in their pocket. And the problem is still going to continue happening because they're not going to do anything. Government runs in a, in a snail's pace. Right. I'm with you. And, and, and they're not going to fix the problem because 
They're too preoccupied on, like, stealing oil from Eastern Europe. We're replacing Afghanistan with Russia. And it's kind of sad to see this because when I was younger, I was highly against the Bush administration for going to over in the middle of causing the problems, causing wars, destruction, thousands and thousands of deaths. And you know what? I'm kind of thankful. I mean, all the faults with, with Donald Trump. I will say he caused less conflict in the four years. He caused less conflict over the Middle East that nobody gives him praise about at all. And you know what? He was better as president compared to Biden. I would like to have Trump any day, even though with his faults. Yeah, Trump was amazing as a president. Um, Biden, he's just going back to the, you know, globalist, uniparty type nonsense. I always try to tell people who are these liberals, like, look, you're voting for the Bush administration all over again. If there's going to be, like, more war, there's going to be more deaths, and there's more more of our country stealing oil, then, you know, you, you get what you pay. You get what you pay for, basically. And, you know, I... Uh, even with Trump's faults, and, you know, I called up a few times before saying, oh, Trump did this, I'm kind of agitated on this. I mean, come on. I mean, Biden making us look like making us look like idiots, especially the finding cocaine in the White House. <laughs> you, this has to be the twilight, though, my friend. Right on. Hey, hey man, I'll talk to you later, man. I got to get to my second job, and nice calling you, and this time 100% sober this time. So much love, man. Thank you for the call, man. Appreciate you. No, hey, no problem, bro. All right, shout out to the caller. Yeah, Trump, amazing president, did did very well. Biden, you know, Biden is just whatever the people on the outside tell him to do, whatever the handlers tell him to do, that's what he's going to do. And that's how that's going to work. All right, Tariq, what's going on? Hey, what's up, ABO? Can you hear me? I hear you well. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, Yeah, just to piggyback off of that last caller, man, um, when you look at the Democrats and when it comes to war, man, it, it seems like Democrats are programmed to follow whatever the media tells them to do on the left. And I thought the Democrats were anti-war when George Bush was in power. But to me, it was just they didn't they didn't agree with that Iraq war because there was a Republican president. Notice when Obama got in, the Democrats said nothing about our involvement in Syria. They said nothing when it came to Libya. And now when you when you see this proxy war going on with you, Ukraine and Russia, which really can drag the world into a nuclear war, you see every liberal supporting it. You know, so these people, man, it, it's it's like whatever the media tells them to do, they do it. They used to even hate the CIA and the FBI. Now they are pro-CIA, FBI. They are pro-the CIA talking to Twitter. I mean, you know what's crazy is how that judge um, struck down the um, uh, intelligence services. Uh, no, I, I think it was government, um, uh, government, whatever is institutions, telling social media to censor certain people because it's a, a First Amendment issue. But then Biden is challenging that in the Supreme Court. I mean, how is that not news? And it's just like, how are these liberals, you know, going around saying, you know, minorities need voices, you know, LGBT people need voices at the same time trying to censor, man. So, you know what I'm saying? To me, um, I think the right is at a good position because it seems like the right or the conservatives we are the ones really pushing for free speech. And also, it just seems like 
outside of Robert F. Kennedy seems the only sole voice. We are the only ones who are like, why are we spending all this money over overseas on these wars? It is it is interesting to see that flip because you didn't see that from the right when Bush was in power. But it is interesting to see you you got you got Vivek Ramsey um, and Donald Trump man talking like that. And I'm gonna ask you this, man: Do you like Vivek? Because I'm stu- I, I see Vivek Ramsey as a more um, media savvy he's more media media savvy than donald trump like what like what do you think about that i mean i think he did really good at the recent event i liked him the best out of everybody i'm yeah. not quite sure i like him 100 percent, but I, I like what i saw from him. He, he did very well yeah yeah me me too man um and i honestly think you know i you know i don't know if you saw him on the breakfast club against tesla and figaro did did you see that I've seen some of that. I keep I keep getting told about that. I need to watch the whole thing, but I have seen some clips. Man, you got to watch her do a video how she was being highly, highly disrespectful, um, pretty much telling him that um, because he hasn't had any, uh, like, school council services or became, like, class president, he's skipping to become president. You know, and... You know what these black urban radio stations are designed to do. They are just designed to keep black people highly emotional, highly intelligent, incredibly childish when it comes to politics. And always they are telling black people to become attack dogs for the Democrats anytime a Republican comes on, man. So, yeah, man, that's all I want to say. And just one more thing before I land my plane, um, just on that whole transgender winning the uh, Miss Miss Netherlands, you are right on point that really if women aren't going to do anything about it, I'm at the point where I don't even care anymore because when I saw those women clapping, it, it's like and they are hugging her, uh, him, excuse me, and like congratulating that transgender. It's like, what are, what are we fighting for if the women aren't saying anything? Like if they're not willing to take a stand and boycott unless it's about abortion, whatever the the media tells them to be mad about, then, I, you know, who cares? Like, y'all listen to these white liberal men, but then but then try to act like feminists. But these white liberal men tell you how to think. And that's all I got to say, man. Thank you for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. All right, take care. Very well said. It's like, hey, if the women don't want to fight against what's going on with the trans issue, then what can we do? I mean, we're trying to fight for them, and they don't want it. It's going to take a collaborative effort between them and us. Let's keep on going. 205, you don't learn who am I speaking to? Hey there, uh, this is uh, Jason. All right, man, what's going on? Hey, man, how you doing? I wanted to get into the subject uh, regarding the 2024 um, election. Um, just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I just, I kind of feel like for us as conservatives, Republicans, the, the party, the movement, it kind of, uh, I really don't see how we're going to pull through for 2024. You made a good point, or I think it was on the previous video, about DeSantis. Now, I voted for Trump. I'm, I'm 27 years old, by the way. My, uh, Trump was the first president that I voted for back in 2016. I voted for him back in 2020. Um, and I would hope he would get reelected. But I feel like with all the baggage and stuff that they have on him, um, and the uh, the, uh, the the investigations, I feel like it's going to be very hard for him to make it back in. But then 
like you say with DeSantis, he seems better on paper, but he doesn't have that he doesn't have that movement like Trump does to uh, for me to me to think like to actually pull through. And seeing them kind of performing now out here, you know, campaigning is 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 not. I feel like with a lot of us, he's not looking as sharp as uh, as we thought he would. Like you said earlier, he's not like interesting to to hear or to to listen to. Um, I just got to ask you, man, your honest opinion. Do you really think we could try to pull together for us the uh, the 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 twenty 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 four the campaign? What you mean, like as far as like um, just, as, as far as DeSantis, like what, what's your question? Just just having one of our people get in, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, do you really think that we would we would, we would have like we have what it takes to fight against what the Democrats got going with the mail-in ballots and the, the ballot harvesting and stuff like that? Um, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, the issue with the ballot harvesting, mail-in ballots—that's a that's a state-to-state issue. You see. So if you're living in a place where it could go for Trump or whoever's going to be the nominee, those states had to do their own kind of reform, just like they did in Georgia. They, they reformed it there in, in Tennessee. They, they did the voting reform in the states where it really matters. Like you living in California, somewhere like that, where it's not going to go Trump regardless. I don't, I don't really think it matters because that's going to be a lost cause regardless. So as long as we have reform right. in the states where it really matters, where it could go one way or the other, or if it's a Republican place, then that's going to help us out a lot. I think the main thing we got to be able to do is to change the hearts and minds of people and to convince them that, hey, this guy that you got in there right now is not doing the good thing. Come to our side. And we got to convince those that are like right in the middle, the center people, those who are going to be Trump supporters are going to be Trump supporters regardless. They're going to vote for him. It don't really matter. And those who are going to vote for Biden are going to vote for him regardless. But the middle people, we got to get them on board. That's that's the main thing you got to focus on. Right, the, the, yeah. voting, the, the voting part of it, that's, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's more of a state issue that should have already been handled. And if it's not been handled, then that's going to be a problem for the future to, to solve. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, it just, it just, oh, no, I just got this bad pit in my stomach, man. Like, I, uh, I, I feel like, uh, I, like, I feel like we don't get Trump in there, man. I, I really don't see how we're going to make it as a country because it's, it's so many factors, even just the Ukraine situation. I honestly feel like Putin's been holding restraint uh, for us because he maybe have a glimpse of hope that Trump could get back in there and there could be some sort of diplomat solution to come up because we've honestly violated several, like we've crossed the line several times with the whole Ukraine situation, the Nord Stream pipeline, um, the tanks. Now we're sending cluster munitions. And the thing about it is, what people are not aware of, Russia has already positioned themselves in a good place if we was to get into a nuclear conflict. I mean, they've already transferred nuclear weapons to Belarus. Their nuclear uh, operation have already been on alert since the invasion. And I honestly feel like, you know, we're almost pushing Putin into a corner that he, he won't have a choice because you've seen how Zelensky raised a big fit at the NATO summit for them, like, for, for, for him, like, not being able to join NATO or not giving a date. I feel like if we don't get somebody in there by 2024, we may get someone in there more radical on the left that's going to go ahead and initiate 
Ukraine into NATO. And at that point, Russia is already positioned, you know, uh, to really, you know, sneak attack us if really they wanted to. I mean, our, our military is scattered all over the world. Just like you were saying earlier, Biden is trying to see about um, recruitment. No one wants to join the military. We lost a lot of good military men during the vaccine mandates. We got China to worry about with Taiwan. So I just feel like, you know, us as conservatives, we just got to pray and hope because I feel like if, if, if we don't get somebody in there, it's, it's going to be it's going to be pretty bad for us. by Where I feel like ship is going to be beyond trying to save if you get what I'm saying. But I'm going to leave you with that, man. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. All right. Great call. Yeah, fantastic call. It's going to be uphill battle for sure. And that's, you know, I don't think nobody can really say anything other than that. That's definitely going to be uphill battle, but we'll see. We're going to see how the whole thing plays out here. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. All righty. Let's go to. Y'all, please hang tight for me. 818, you're online. Who am I speaking to? Yes, hi. Um, I'd like to go ahead and uh, talk just a little bit on one of the uh, last callers we were touching base on about the uh, transgender person uh, winning the beauty pageant. Yes. And um, I find it incredibly crazy that there's already solutions to the, all the problems that we're having. Um, you see, my wife, my wife, she's from, she's, uh, she's from a country where there's uh, ladyboys all over the place. I mean, they're the, you know, she's from Thailand and uh, you know, they already have solutions for stuff like this. I mean, when you talk about beauty pageants, uh, they have something called a Miss Tiffany. All right. Uh, Basically transgender people compete with other transgender people. You know, they don't need to be in, uh, you know, biologically female or biologically male if they want to compete, they should compete amongst themselves. Um, you know, and I find this incredibly funny that nobody's actually caught on to that. I mean, you can even Google uh, Miss Tiffany Thailand, and uh, they're all lady boys, every single one of them. And, uh, you know, they sit there, they say they want respect, and they want people to respect their space. But in Thailand, uh, people actually understand respect, you know. If they want their space respected, they also have to respect the space of others. Uh, that means that if you're straight, if you're gay, or if you're trans, just respect it. Uh, you know, I'm one of those people, like, I don't care. Just uh, understand that, you know, there are differences. You know, it goes in the same way. Like, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, not teaching kids, you know, about, you know, trans and gay stuff, it's like, they don't need that. Kids. Let kids be kids, you know, it, things, other things will come naturally, but it's, it's about respecting, uh, each other's boundaries. And so like, uh, I just wanted to kind of bring that up because, uh, I still find it incredibly funny that nobody has brought that up. Like even conservative, uh, black, cons- uh, black conservative perspective, he even sat there and said like, Hey, why don't you, why don't they just have their own space so they can compete with each other? I'm, I'm like, yeah, well, in places like Thailand, they already uh, solved that problem. You know, I just, I don't see why, you know, that can't be solved here. 
You know what I mean? Well, see, the, the thing is, it's not even about that. Like, they don't want to have their own space. What they want to do is they want to go into women's spaces. You, you see, like, that's that's the whole thing. And because a lot of these people that call themselves trans are not even like that. Like, prime example, you have, what's the guy, um, the, the swimmer, Leah Thomas. Okay, this person was a was competing on a swim team at UPenn as a man for the entire career. And then at the end of his career, he becomes a so-called woman and dominates. When he was a man, he was mediocre at best. And then when he becomes female, he dominates. It's not even about having your own thing to compete because you're going to be on the same level as everybody. You want to go in there and dominate. Also, you want to be in the same area as women because these guys are also not even gay. They're heterosexual, just like Bruce Jenner, all the rest of them. You see, so it's not even about them wanting to really be transgender. It's about them trying to gain an unfair advantage. And also because they perverts, they want to be in the same space as biological women. That's the problem. So, they don't want to have their own competition. They want to be with the women. That's the that's the problem here. Right. No, I, I 100% agree with you. What I'm saying is I find it funny that nobody's highlighting like, hey, you guys do your thing while they do their thing. I mean, I you know, just like, uh, you know, Black conservative perspective, uh, perspective said, we should bring back shame, like shame these people. Like, you know, in Thailand, like I said, everybody tolerates one another. But I mean, the thing is, like when they start overstepping their boundaries, they're shamed. You know, so, I mean, I, like I said, I, I totally 100% agree with you, but I, I just want to bring awareness that, you know, to other people. It's like, hey, start speaking of like, hey, if you guys want to do this, fine, but don't put it to kids. Don't cross into those spaces and don't be a creep. <laughs> right now I'm with you. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's all I wanted to say. Like, you know, like I said, I mean, anybody can Google Miss Tiffany, right? I mean, it's like. Look, if these people want to exist or whatever, have you, you know, have make your space or whatever. But I mean, it's ridiculous. And you know what? And the, also to add on to that, you know, I did, I did notice that somebody, I forgot who said it, also like with the whole, um, what was it, uh, uh, the, the beauty pageant, right? And uh, somebody was also laughing. It's like, well, yeah, even if they had their, didn't have their own space, it's probably nobody would watch it, you know? Um, you know, it, it could also be about a money thing and, you know, whatever have you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, like I said, other countries have pretty much solved it. It's just, I don't know why, right. you know, uh, you. the EU and over, uh, us over here can't just, like, get together with that, you know? Right, no doubt. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for, very much, ABO. Love your show. Uh, hope you have a great night. Thank you for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. Yeah, bye. Yeah, I mean, what he's saying making is making sense, but we're totally beyond that. Like, that's not even that's not even what they want. What they want is to just be with the women. They want to be in the female space. It's not even yeah. They don't. You offered them that. They don't want that. So we're kind of beyond that. But what are you saying making sense? Eight one eight. You don't know who I'm speaking to. Hey, Bl. This is Mike in California. How are you? Oh well. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. I was calling you with a couple topics tonight. All righty. You know, like sometimes there's things that make you go, hmm. Yes. So this week, amazingly, they caught a serial killer that had DNA on a pizza crust, but simultaneously 
you can't tell who brought cocaine into the White House. <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah. So you, we, we could find a serial killer. We could we could crack a a decade old case from a slice of pizza. But the White House, one of the most secure places on the world in in the entire world, we don't know who brought cocaine in there. It makes no sense. And listen, ABL, when they caught that serial killer that day, CNN was doing their magic dance. That was their full coverage for the day. Like, look what has happened. We have caught somebody with DNA from a pizza crust. Listen, that's CSI 20 years ago. Right, right, exactly. So if they, if they could have found something like that, if that, if, that, if that technology existed 20 years ago to find that out, what do they have now, the federal government, what do they have now as far as technology to determine where a thing came from? It's got to be something that is, even, is beyond our imagination, but somehow they could not find the rightful owner of the cocaine. I find it very hard to believe. You know, I wish I could put a thousand bucks down on who that cocaine belongs to. <laughs> you, you and me both. I, I'll be a rich man. And then the second thing I called about, of course, about Hunter, because I'm on a Hunter roll tonight. Who, what 50 something year old is around their daddy all times with a backpack running past him to get inside of the helicopter and that is bizarre to me it is it is very bizarre you know because even the way they speak about hunter they speak about him like as a boy this man is in his 50s he has grown children what are we talking about this is a fully grown man he could be a grandfather at his age with kids i think his oldest is like 20 years old so he's he's very strange the the drug addiction that's just an extension of him being strange Yeah, I just, the strangest thing about those two is that weird, creepy smile. It's, it's almost uncanny, you know, like in any other circumstance, the way like a Joe Biden smiles, you would say, whoa, that's like Saturday Night Live being the evil person. <laughs> right. All right, ABL, thanks for letting me call in. Thanks for the show, and I'll talk to you later. All right, thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Bye. Uh, that's a great call. He made a great point. You're able to crack a decade old case with a pizza box, a slice, like a slice of pizza. You cracked it. You cracked the case based on that. All right. Uh, if you guys know what I'm talking about, there was a serial killer that was found. This guy was killing women. Uh, they said he was killing like escorts from Craigslist. And then uh, they said it could have been other people involved as well that could have died. But anyway, they had no idea who it was, and they were able to zero in on this guy that wound up being the architect, I think, in New York. And the thing that cracked the case was a box of pizza. They got DNA from the slice of pizza, and then they were able to link that to the murders. And now they got the guy arrested. All right, so if they can do that, then why can't they find out who had the cocaine? Oh, we don't know nothing. We got cameras everywhere. You got all kind of technology available to you in the federal government and you can't find it. Come on, let's stop playing games. They have 
crazy technology nowadays. They, they can see through walls. They could do all kinds of stuff that we don't know about. And if you do know about it, you don't know the full scope of it. Remember they said with the whole submarine, oh, we heard some banging noises. They might be still living. They got four days of oxygen left. And then they said, oh, by the way, we have this top secret thing that we know about. We, we, can, we can hear the entire ocean floor. We, we, we know every, all, all the sounds that go on, and we heard it implode on Sunday. Uh, okay, not, now you want to tell us? Now you want to review of that information to us? Now, after the fact? It's bogus. I don't believe anything the government says ever. 425, you don't lie. Who am I speaking to? Hello. Can you hear me? I hear you well. Hello. Yes. Hi. I was wondering if I know it, this is off topic, but I have, I wonder what you think about, about parasites like bed bugs. Bed bugs? I mean, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I, I don't like bed bugs. Well, I just noticed, I just noticed that they, they're becoming more common in the United States and people are bringing them from other countries. And I have, I have bed bugs in my, in my home. And they're in my in my bed, and I wake up in the morning and I have blood stains on my sheets. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I mean, what like what what can I do about that? Well, I just wonder if it, like if anyone has like I ask people opinion of that all the time, and they're just they, they poop everywhere. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, now now I'm just being trolled. Let's let's not. I mean, come on, like. Put put the crap pipe down. You and Hunter need to just stop. Y'all getting geeked up together. Anybody got time for that? Like, why would you call me and say that? All right. And this person is caught before, and we had a good conversation. I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. People are weird. Okay. 203, you don't lie. Who am I speaking to? What's up? My brother from another mother, ABL. What's up? It's all good, man. What's happening? Good lordy. Bad bugs? Oh. What in the world? I listen. I, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, man. Go I, ahead. I don't I don't know what's going on. It's 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 a crazy world, but go ahead, boss. Yo, listen. Um, I think I think I know what you're saying with uh uh Vivek Ramaswamy. Okay. There there is something odd about that and I was doing just a quick research while you were online here. And I was like, yo, it's all in the name. It's all in the name. Everybody's name is tied to their genealogy, whether it be from a higher power or whatever it may be. So even, even your name, bro, you know what your name stands for? What, what does it stand for? Nobility and virtue. But... Here's the thing, your last name, Logan, which I'm thinking maybe that's why you got that white beard. You might be a little bit Irish or, or Scottish in you. Well, actually, yes, but that's not that's not, that's not where Logan comes from. The the Irish part comes from my mom's side, and that's not where Logan came from. Logan came from my dad's side. So I don't know about that from as far your, as that. Yeah. From, from your dad's side. Okay. No, okay. no, no, no. Okay, yeah. So the, the Logan came from my dad's side, but the Irish I know about. My great grandfather, who I met, he was actually black and Irish. He was mixed. 
I met him, but ah. he was not Logan. That's still my mom's side. They, they were not Logan. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. So, yo, here's the thing. Ramaswamy, right? Right. Um, his name stands for um, a deity, supreme ruler, and a religious teacher, which it has a kind of sense of uh, almost like, you know, the anti-person who we shall not name. Mm-hmm. And I and I was like, yo, that's really crazy. But check this out. When you look at when you look at the uh, Baron and Donald, right? Donald is actually supposed to be uh, a proud chief. That's the meaning of his name. And his son's name is it's literally the noble landowner, the son of strength. Dang. Can't make it up. Very interesting. But anyways, yeah, man. All our names have meaning, man. Anyways, bro, I just wanted to shoot that out there because I was just, you know, investigating really quick. I was like, yeah, you know what? I think that's what he's feeling about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm like, I like him too. He's got great policies. He's very etiquette, you know, and he, um, the way he, you know, poses thing is all that. But there's a little underlying thing. I'm like, yo. Yeah, he could be the vice president, but he also could make Trump go run for his money. This is a weird one. Right on. All right, brother, man. Well, have a great night. I love your show, man. You're doing a great job. Thanks for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. All right. Later, bud. All right. Shout out to the caller. All right. A number to call, 434. You know the rest. 504 to line. Who am I speaking to? Hey, ABL. It's Alien Spaceship. All right. What's going on? All right. So I have some things to talk about. So uh, first of all, yeah, that uh, the, the black kid earlier that you were showing that robbed the car, I, uh, sold the car, rather. Yeah, I think it's terrible. And that basically, you know, he probably had a obviously a poor upbringing and maybe violent media could have... Uh, influenced him but probably also of course i'm not blaming that that also he just had no direction to see that this is right and wrong what, what are your thoughts yeah i'm just i, I don't really see any parents involved i, I just see mm-hmm. whoever the adults are in his life are leading him in the wrong direction that's what i see right yeah because we see this a lot you know with the different you know things in the black community and in other areas like with the college kids and stuff like with me like my family like chose to stay in the area when it became black, but then I got really interested with my black friends and the black community. So that's why I'm very focused on the black community. And also I believe in uniting them because they're also my fellow Americans and I want you know, everybody to be on the right track. Right on. Right. Yeah. So yeah, basically you're showing earlier about the, yeah, the, the thing, I forgot what it's called briefly for a second, but yeah, on the blaze. Yeah, that. So basically on the blaze, how the different people were talking and stuff. Yeah, it was a, a giant circus. It was like the Hindenburg. I definitely agree with that. And it's just that guy that was saying about it was right for parents to do the surgery on the kids. I think it's absolutely terrible. And I don't know how he was able to even get in there because I don't they seem like they didn't know that he would say that stuff yeah it was weird I, I don't I don't understand how he's how he's on the 
how he's a candidate at all and is even getting any kind of press. Because if there's other guys like yeah, Larry Elder could have been there in his place. There are other guys who could have been there in his place. I have no idea how he was able to be here. It's, it's really strange. Right. Do you think he could be an infiltrator from the left? Um, I don't know about that because he was the governor of Arkansas for before. So, I, okay. I, I mean, I don't I, I just think that he shouldn't be on stage at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I know there's people that believe that there shouldn't be interference. And we talk about how, you know, we don't trust things the government says. But there's a point where if you're doing stuff to children like that new movie uh, that's out about, you know, that's terrible what some of the people do to children. And I do think with those transgender people and people like that and the dictators of the past and stuff like these people just want to hurt people and be perverts like the transgender people. And they're using that as an excuse and a ploy to ploy out their fantasies. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me for sure. Right now. I do think sometimes with people, maybe on our side, on the other side, they like to pander. I see a lot of pandering. Do you notice that? I'm not sure what you mean. Okay. So uh, say like there's like a politician that like, like that guy, the governor, the former governor, how they may say things to appeal to the transgender or to those communities to, to try to uh, appeal to that group to bring them on our side, but instead they're just pandering to their cause. Uh, what do you think? I mean, that's possible. A lot of people, you know, they, they kind of they do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, yeah, with the Ukraine thing, as I said last time, it's just this proxy war that's going on, and they're trying to just make a lot of money off of it. And I do think from what I've researched, I definitely feel that they're sending people to Ukraine to fight the war of Russia. So it's basically turning into a World War Three scenario. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's not good for, for any of us. Right, because if Russia feels threatened, it could want to go and you know, launch the weapons. And I feel that Trump, when he was there, it was a totally different world. And he was able to... Like, he wasn't being a dictator. He was just trying to make peace with these other countries so we don't have any conflicts in the world. And I think he did a great job, and I would like him, you know, to come back in. Well, of course. Right. And, yeah, also, yeah, I'm mixed with different European groups, and I'm also part Irish. Okay, well, there you go. You're my cousin, I suppose, a little bit down the line. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And on both sides. And, yeah. And... Also, I really like the stream. It's uh, it's very good, very good coverage as always. And thank you for taking my call. Thank you for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. Okay, bye. All right, shout out to my man for the call. Most certainly appreciate him. Let's go to the next person here. And shout out to you guys for being here. You guys are the best audience anywhere on these internets. I'm going to speak it to 817. You're on the line. It's, uh, it's very good. 817, hello. I can't I can't I can't really hear you call her like you, you're you're on speaker and you're far away and there's also noise in the background. Oh, can you hear me better now? I hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. Is this better? You're you're just you're just fine. All right. No, I was saying, okay, yeah, because I had my, my little speaker. I didn't know it was connected to my speaker because my kids were out there in the backyard with the thing. Oh, anyway. Um, so I wanted to say like with the little boy, you know, how like, like he had robbed the car or whatnot. I feel like the, the parents have felt him 
And it's like, you know, how you think like, oh, it's tough to do this. I think they're, they're, they've been taught to like, oh, you look up to your older cousin or something. And they think like, oh, I'm about to like shoot this person. I'm about to rob this person. That's cool. It's not. And it's like a lot of these lyrics, it's like you rappers, you putting out this stuff. No, no, I'm not trying to tear down rap. I like, rap. I like, I listen to a lot of rock. I listen to everything. I listen to metal, whatever. But it's like, they got to be careful what you put in your lyrics because you putting that out there, you're teaching them not to care about anything. You're teaching them like want to do drugs. You're teaching them want to drink, do alcohol, do all this stuff. And then it's like when they do it and then like, look what happens to the society. And then you want to say, that, oh, well, Black Lives Matter. You think I'm supporting a cause that y'all even, y'all even like, yo, you throw like $5 here. You don't even know, you're like, you just do your money to someone who's like ripping you off. Like some person who's like living with all the bucks you sent. Like, how do you, I already know how you feel about it. You, you hate that, right? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan at all. So sorry, sorry that, you know, like, if, if it, is it better now? Is it loud noise in the back? You're good, you're totally fine. Right. And then, um, so now I was going to say like with like the Joe Biden, you know, when he was like, like, doing a, he was doing like the little kiss thing on him. I, I was like, what? Like if, if Donald Trump did that, they would be, it would be all over the news. Look at him doing this to this little girl. But Joe get to put his little pursy lips on her, on this little girl. And she was probably scared to death. He like kissing her and like doing all these things. It's like, oh, it's supposed to be okay. It's like, you know, this dude is half delusional. He needs to like he needs to retire. So that's all I gotta say. Like without Joe Biden, he didn't need to make the like the grocery prices go up. I'm uh I'm seeing him out. Even though I make good money, I'm still like still suffering. No matter if you make hundred thousand dollars a year, you still you still struggling. You you gotta you're gonna struggle because you got these prices, everything going up. Your your mortgages when you got insurance goes up, goes up. Nobody cares. It's like oh well we were we're gonna make our money too. It's like it's just this economy is just crap. I, I didn't mean to complain about that. I, I'm sorry I caught your show at the last minute and I but I didn't know like you did have like shows earlier during the week and I was like that like that little girl with Joe Biden. I, I saw that and I was wanting to see like, oh why why is he doing that? And then um like with the cocaine, they're not even gonna let's say that let's say that Donald Trump was in office. They would not even investigate that. I mean that no, they would be all over it. They would be investigating total out of that. They're not even investigating because it's Joe Biden. So let's say you have a, you're snorting a line. You can snort line in America. It's like, where has America come to? Like, I can't even. And then my kids be hearing it. My kids be seeing it. It's like they got it all over TikTok. They got it all over everything. To people jumping over, doing doing all this stuff, these TikTok challenges. I told my kids, y'all are banned from TikTok because I don't want y'all following them. Because it's like this world has gotten so stupid. It's like, where do, where do, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it's it's crazy. So I just it's it's just a rant. Sorry. No, it's all good. I hear you one hundred percent. Thank you for your thank you for your call. Well, I appreciate yeah. you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, I'll talk to you on Wednesday if I get in. <laughs> all right, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. All right. Shout out to the caller and shout out to you guys. You guys are fantastic. Couldn't do the show without you. Let's keep on rocking and rolling. Two eight nine on the line. One speaker two. Oh yeah, can you hear me? I heard you well, but I got some noise in the background. Okay, just uh, give me a sec. Oh yeah, can you hear me a little better now? <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm Anthony Brian Logan Gonzalo, long time. I'm a big fan of your show. Uh, long time listener. Called uh, once or twice before. 
sort of the way my comment on Sound of Freedom. I had a chance to watch it, uh, and it's very good. I just wanted to make a point that it's uh, with the ongoing strike on Hollywood with the Screen Actors Guild, and uh, I, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think other podcasts have said that you know that the old ways of uh, Hollywood of doing things is pretty much over, right? Like cause this uh, this movie, Sound of Freedom. Uh, Rolling Stone, a couple of outlets have tried to give, uh, try, prevent you from seeing it by giving this negative reviews. On a $50 million budget, and this movie has made $65 million and counting it. It's difficult, right? But it, it, a, a movie about child trafficking shouldn't be political, and yet for some reason it's get politicized, right? But the more mainstream media tries to trash this movie, the more you make one of people watch it. So I just wanted to uh, throw that in there. And um, have you had a chance to watch this film yet? I've not seen the entire thing. I've seen some of it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very it's very graphic, right? But you know, it, it's a true story. I, I saw the Jordan Peterson podcast uh, where he had Jim Caviezel and he had Tim Ballard on, and it's it's a you know it's a very well done podcast. Everyone knows who knows who Jordan Peterson is, of course. And he and when when you get a platform like that, he's, he certainly helps to elevate things, right? And uh, positive word of mouth really helps a lot, and it helps to off put some of the reviews that mainstream media, especially CNN. I think you did a video on it. You know, they try to uh, downplay this movie, and they're tr- they're trying to politicize this. I mean, this is an issue of child trafficking, right? They, they, left or right, this should not be a political issue. But in these polarizing times, unfortunately, everything is. Yeah, I mean, this it shouldn't be so political. It's it's a good movie about trying to end child trafficking, but of course, people will make it be that way when they don't want certain things mm-hmm. to get out there. Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, um, but like I, but you know, because of the rise of power of podcasts and positive word of mouth, especially where we're in the digital age, with Elon Musk buying Twitter, I mean, it pretty much bypasses mainstream media, just like with Trump and his election in 2016. Right? You can just pretty much cut out the middleman. But a movie like this, um, you know, people doing podcasts, uh, both Peterson and, P- and Dave Rubin and other podcasters out there. I've, I've talked to both Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard about, about the film, and they were these hundreds of thousands, millions of views. And I feel, uh, I feel something positive, right? And with the ongoing strike with Hollywood, with the Screen Actors Guild, Hollywood strike, uh, uh, ongoing strike. It's like, I wouldn't say Hollywood's dead. It's still going to be there, but it doesn't quite have the power it used to be because I've noticed the last several years it's been nothing but endless rehash of Hollywood reboots and remakes, prequels and sequels, some of which are good, but I think most people are just, you know, are <laughs> just shrugging their shoulders at this. It doesn't have the power it used to have. That's, uh, I just wanted, I guess that's all, those are my final two cents on, uh, on that subject. Well, thank you for the call. I definitely appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much. All right, shout out to the caller. Great call. Let's keep on rocking here. Let's go to 918. You know, who am I speaking to? Hey, what's up, baby? It's JB Scott from Oklahoma. How you doing, buddy? It's all good, man. Can't complain. All right, cool, cool. Well, I wasn't calling in tonight. I'm enjoying the show, but everybody keeps mentioning that uh, eight-year-old kid driving that car, and that reminded me of a story. I'm a really good friend of mine back in 2005, 2006. He was a master electrician and he got a job going across the country doing different jobs. And he got one in Baltimore, Maryland, working on a new Walmart super center they were building. And so one night, I mean, he, he has a problem with like amphetamines and just drugs and then. So 
And he went out, and he didn't. He doesn't know a thing about Baltimore. I don't either. He held a cab, and he gets picked up by this kid driving a taxi. He said he couldn't have been more than like ten years old. This young old black kid wearing these like big metal frame glasses, you know. And this kid drove him around and took him to these crazy neighborhoods so he could score some freaking all kinds of substances. And that was like back in 2005, almost 20 years ago. So, I mean, I just can't believe that. Mm-hmm. So there's really no point in the story. I just, they were, that story about the eight-year-old kid reminded me of that. I'm like, damn, I know a guy that experienced something similar all that time way back, you know. And it's just, you know, a little kid out there driving around in that taxi. He had a taxi, too. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Driving people around in crazy neighborhoods, you know, letting people pick up stuff and telling them where to buy stuff. I can't even imagine what Baltimore's like now. I, I don't even know what to think about that. But anyway, yeah, these kids are probably, I don't know. Yeah. Vivek, you know, I like the dude. I don't think he's ready to be president, but I did like his what he said about having two parents in the house, a mother and a father. That is the most important thing. Very, very important. So, very important, yeah. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go, dude. Love you, man. Love everybody in the chat and the calls, and have a good night, man. Thank you for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. All right, later, dude. All right. Shots my man for the call. Most certainly appreciate him. And you guys are the best audience anywhere on these interwebs. 773, you know, line. Who am I speaking to? ABL, it's retired Chicago police officer friend. Thanks for getting to my call. Um, ABL, I wanted to comment on the young kid that uh, did the carjacking. You know, that's a little bit unusual with the carjacking part, but it's not unusual for the criminality of, of young kids like that. The reason the carjacking is a little unusual is only because uh, they're usually passengers. They're just way too short to reach the pedals and steer the car without crashing it. Although I've seen that and every single time they've crashed the car because they're so short. But here's the thing I wanted to say be all about that. Usually the young kids like that are recruited by the gangs to shuttle the drugs on a bicycle, to shuttle the drugs to and from where they package the drugs to the drug spot. They also shuttle the money back and forth from the drug spot to the place, you know, to the house uh, that they they, uh, package up the drugs. They also shuttle guns that way. So as a veteran policeman, we always paid attention to the kids that were on the bicycles. They're also lookouts. But here's the thing. One factor that people don't realize is that, what's the saying, ABL, in the Bible? Uh, uh, idle hands are a devil's playground or an idle mind is the devil's playground. That's right. When you're not going, When you're not going to school and you're out there just chilling and hanging out, and maybe selling drugs or doing what you're doing, just hanging out. You get bored. And that lifestyle is exciting. It's one reason why a lot of policemen become the police, especially kids that grew up in the inner city like I did, 
most of my friends, we all became the police, not because we wanted to be the police. We wanted a good job, but it's the excitement of the streets. There is an adrenaline and ex excitement about the streets. The thing that young kids like that, and even kids in their teens and 20s and whatnot, what they don't understand is there's a price to pay for that excitement. They're out there running around, and people get hurt. People get shot and killed. Sometimes you get shot and killed uh, as an offender. Um, there's, a, there's a price to pay to this. And we're losing generations of people that way. There's no change in you, really, on a whole, on a whole, maybe individually here and there. But there's no changing you on a whole once you feel, do those things. Once you feel that excitement and you're out there running around with your friends on the streets and you're wreaking all this havoc and doing all this nonsense. I mean, even a lot of upper class kids, you know, they do silly things, although with steak, with jumping off the boat, they do silly things too, that they don't realize what the consequences are. Although, you know, in these inner cities, it's a more deadly game that they're playing, much more deadly game that they're playing. But, you know, we're going to lose generations of kids this way. And, and that's, you know, that's the bottom line is the excitement that people don't realize of being a criminal. There's a certain excitement to it that, that draws them to that. And uh, as a policeman, ABL, I was always the most leery of young kids like that, young gangbangers like that. Because when you're a little bit older, you understand the consequences of pointing your gun and shooting it at a policeman or something like that. But young kids like that, they really don't yet have the concept of life and death and, and the consequences to their actions and everything else. And they become very unpredictable very dangerous and un unpredictable. Just like that little kid, he could have easily plowed into people, uh, pedestrians, other cars and killed them. Did he set out to kill anybody? No, he set out to jump in a car, put a gun in somebody's face, grab your car and go for a joyride. You know, this is in their warped mind, this is exciting to them. This breaks up the monotony of not having a job, having dropped out of school and not having anything to do with school. When you have nothing to do, you figure out ways to do things and they're not always healthy. Anyway, ABL, that's my two cents. I'll keep it short. I don't want to overstay my welcome. And I'll talk to you and everybody else in chat later. And thanks a lot. Thank you for the call. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Great call. I mean, it makes sense. It's crazy, though. I mean, imagine you're on the other end of that gun. You guys you get this eight-year-old. He might have that gun loaded. It might, he might have the finger on the trigger. He's just trying to go for a joyride. And then that finger slip, boom, you dead. All, all for what? Over a potential joyride? It's crazy, but that's how people are. Like, it's, it's kind of like that out there in these environments. It's, it's really a mess. 860, you're in the line. Who am I speaking to? Hey, Bill, it's up in a Ranger Xbox. I didn't think I was going to get on tonight. <laughs> well, I got you, boss. What's happening? Uh, for, first, I'd like to uh, give my thoughts and prayers to that young woman that was abducted. 
I saw your show earlier today, and my heart just went out to her. And I'm afraid for her, and I hope she's recovered, healthy. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, yeah, about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's like an old tomcat. You can't let him out run around the streets of Washington, D.C., you know, all coked up and with, you know, money in the bank, especially Washington. So I'm thinking that, you know, they're keeping him under lockdown right now because if he gets out, it's going to be one big mess all over. They can't deny it anymore after that. Oh, yeah. So I think the cocaine in the White House, that was a resupply drop that got intercepted accidentally. Mm. Yeah, probably so. Uh, and uh, oh, uh, in Baltimore, there was a AFRAM festival, I guess, people all outside and stuff. And I just saw this at the beginning of your show, so I haven't had a chance to investigate it yet. Maybe you'll do a show on it. But a helicopter flew over and coincidentally dropped out billions of mosquitoes, and everybody in the crowd started slapping themselves and dancing around. It was funny, but it's not funny. Because I smell Bill Gates. Yeah, that 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 could be you know some who? you know some uh some some C nineteen type uh, shenanigans going on. Exactly, and uh, I don't know why everybody's so calm. Because these people in Washington tried to kill us for almost two years. They sure did, locking us down, shutting down the economy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now nah, I was agreeing. I was saying they sure did. I mean, they and and to a certain extent, they were successful because. They said suicides and all of that. Like I know here in Tennessee in Knox County, they said suicides went up like it was an, an astronomical amount. So to a certain extent, they did do it to us. Yeah. And uh, now in Ukraine, in 2015, Jacob Rothschild, and that's who's behind all the evil in the world right now is the top banking families. They're behind the World Economic Forum and their litmus test is that if you can believe that a man is a woman, then they can get you to believe any stupid thing they put on TV. That's the whole point of it. It's a psychological warfare, which after my first career of being in a, you know, general's headquarters and charged three countries worth of nuclear missiles, we perform stuff like that. So it doesn't work on me. And I look at it and I'm like, how in the world can these people be that damn stupid? But they're constantly bombarded with it. They just don't know how to tune it out. They can't recognize it for what it is. And a lot of that has to do with the education system, how well, how far down America's fallen. We used to be number one in the world. When I went to high school, we were number one. When Jimmy Carter signed, uh, made the uh, Department of Education, we went down to 27. Mm-hmm. So government is not the answer. And as far as Russia goes, I was in Russia for six months in 2017, three months in Siberia and three months in Moscow. And I'm putting it out right now. If anybody for Trump's presidential campaign is on once Trump's biggest mistake was he surrounded himself with backstabbing rats who are part of the Washington Uniparty. And the Washington Uniparty is the foundation of the swamp. They are the greasy oil that just, ugh, that and the lobbyist. But I'm going to put it out right now that I got more experience getting along 
and making peace and more respect from the Russians than every single person in Washington, D.C. combined. And I'm putting it out that I want to apply for ambassador to Russia. And I know exactly how we can make peace, a long lasting peace, because the Russians don't hate us. And when they heard about the uh, Russia cause, you know, about the election fraud and how Russia was doing that, they were all like, what are they talking about? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. But uh, I- I'm going to close with that, brother. Love your show. And uh, people, we got to get our country back. And uh, please pray for that girl that was abducted. I'm going to close with that. Love your show, brother. You take care. Thank you for calling, man. Definitely appreciate you. All righty. All right. Shout out to you guys for being here, but that will be a wrap for me. You guys are always fantastic. Couldn't do the show without you. I'll be back live again on Wednesday, of course, and I'm here every day putting out new and original content, pre-recorded videos. If you're not subscribed yet, I don't know what you're waiting on. Go ahead and do that for me right now. That'll help me out tremendously. Also, this is a podcast you're listening to right now. It'll be available on your favorite audio streaming platform whether that be Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, uh, et cetera. Link for that will be in the description box or just visit your favorite audio streaming platform and search ABL Live. I should pop right on up. Uh, shout out to you guys for watching, retweeting, super chatting, whatever you're doing. I thank you for the bottom of my heart. Again, could not do this show without you. And shout out to you guys for the super chats. I got a few more to read right here. Thank you to the mods for keeping the trolls nice and in check and everything above board. I appreciate that. Thank you to Monique Price for the dance emotion with a thumbs up. Thank you to whoever out of reason who says, can you give a shout out to Sonia? She's listening. Shout out to you, Sonia. Shout out to you for watching. Glad you are here. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. All righty. And shout out to TriEdge716 who says, shout out to you, ABL, for always being on the ground for truth and awareness. Also, I applaud Tucker for being a menace and tackling the much-needed questions. Oh, yeah. He did amazing out there at the summit. You know, because it's not, it's not, it ain't a typical, you know, interview or town hall where it might be softball questions. And it, it wasn't unnecessarily unfair. It was even. And I think that particular event represented how the people of America feel. So I really appreciated that. It didn't feel like it was just their network giving their opinion. It was about they were trying to echo the opinion of the people to the candidates to get where they were at. So shout out to Tucker for doing that. Uh, Very, very good event. But that'll be a wrap for me. So until next time, y'all be safe. I'm out and peace.